Alright, welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode 157, I think. It's not. Is it not? It's 158? No. It's 156? It's 156. Oh, welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode 156, because Ant recorded an episode on the microphone on the webcam and it sounded awful, so now we're doing another episode a week later, which is why the schedule's off by a week. I promised two weeks before the next episode, I lied, I was wrong, I was terribly, terribly wrong, but... That does fortunately mean that we've got some new things to review, because we were kind of treading water last episode. I wasn't. Yes, you were. Absolutely not. Yes, you were. You pulled <laughs> your usual habit of saying, what have I done? What have I seen this week? But this week... Uh, it was all gold. This week, you've done and seen many things. No. Yeah. I'm excited about this episode. This is going to be a big one for us. Oh, God, there's a little vomit. There's a little vomit. You're going first this week as well, aren't you? Am I? I think so. Yeah. Because you went first a week ago when we recorded the episode, unless I'm mistaken. Um, let me just find the episode details for you, then we know who's going to go first. Uh, yeah, you're first. Oh, am I now? Yeah. Welcome to Great Apocalypse, episode 156, we review stuff and things, usually nerdy shit. Um, King Kong vs. Godzilla isn't out yet, so we can't talk about that yet. Godzilla vs. Kong. King Kong vs. Godzilla came out in 1964. Yeah. Uh, is it Godzilla vs. Kong now, then? Yeah. Alright, hopefully Godzilla wins then. Fingers crossed. Um, we all win. Whoever <laughs> loses, let them fight! Um, we've got that, we've got Falcon and Wind Soldiers that's finally, finally, finally um, started. Oh. In the first episode was good, looking forward to the rest. And your review first this week, go. Tell me your fucking... Tell, me, t- tell me your business. Can I review Star Trek Next Generation Season 5? I feel like you've reviewed that already. <laughs> I, look, not my fault if you messed up the friggin' recording the other day with your friggin'... I didn't mess fuck all up. I know exactly who did it. Your bullshit. Exactly who did it. Changing the defaults on my computer. I didn't change shit. You fucking... How dare you lay this on me? Anyway, Season I'll 5... I'll get you. ...of Star Trek... Yeah. Features many which, wait, which great Star Trek is this again? episodes. Next generation. So not the last generation. No, isn't not it's, the first generation. Trying to be sort of trying to be cool. No one thinks you're funny. <laughs> I mean, I did. No, right. Star Trek season five. It's the near in the end, sort of the seven seasons. Didn't it end like twenty years ago. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, we got we got. Ensign Rowe, new character. Is Picard in it? Pickard. Harvey Picard. Yeah, Harvey Picard. Uh, we got Ensign Rowe. She's a new character. Yeah. She's like, you know... Who is she? Attention. She she disagrees with a lot of the command. She's a bit troublesome. She's Who is been... she? Who is she played by? Kirstie Alley? No. Who's Kirstie Alley? Whoopi Goldberg? Kirstie Alley was in, like, friggin' Star Trek 2. The Next Generation? No. What was the second Star Trek then? So Star Trek... Star Trek... Next Generation. Oh. And then what's after Next Generation? Deep Space Nine. And then what's after Deep Space Nine? Voyager. And then what's after Voyager? Well, Enterprise. Yeah. No. So you've got, got Bacula. Mm. Black Dude. No. Ginger Lady. No. Other way round. Yeah. Ginger Lady, Black Dude. Oh, what? You can't remember the names. Make It So. William Shatner. Mm. I only know William Shatner because he's really angry at Red Letter Media right now. He's picking on him again. Is Even it? though they're not talking to him. No. He's just kicking off with them. I think he might be a dick. I think he might be a dickhead. Yeah, he is. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was an alright guy. Yeah. Oh. Accidentally starting a rivalry with one of uh, Geekdom's, like, gods. No. What a prick he is, then. 
he was he was having a go because apparently someone brought up that like having a studio doesn't mean you're rich it doesn't mean you're making a lot of money and he was like well based on this this and this i'm guessing they're pulling in like eight grand a month with their youtube viewing and stuff like this and you know if you can't live comfortable hiring four people holding onto a studio and then other properties for eight grand a month like paying full-time stuff and this other shit then you know maybe you should just shouldn't run that business on it and i just kept looking at it. i was like wow this guy's a prick mm. eight what? grand is not a lot of money to run a business and that's even if that is their actual earnings but why are you worried about how much they're earning well because he was picking on them and i like red letter media and i don't really care about they star trek ain't more than eight thousand a month oh yeah i'm sure they do <laughs> like based on the viewership uh, anyway right Sorry, you're reviewing Star Trek. Yeah, I was trying Deep to say nine. characters. Season five. Next generation. You must have You're ruining it. everything again. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So anyway, they introduce Ensign Rowe. She's yes. a new character. Who's she played by? Woman. Michelle friggin' thingy. I can't remember her name. Want to get? No. She's not in much stuff. No one cares about her. Okay. Anyway, she was going to be the main one of the main leads in Deep Space Nine. The idea was to set her up in Next Generation and then move her over to Deep oh, okay. Space Nine. Yeah. But she decided she didn't want to be in Deep Space Nine so they got freaking what's her face to play Kira Neris a new Bajoran character yeah she was, the idea was she was a f- like a Bajoran terror like separatist sympathizers because there's a whole thing with Bajorans where they break free of being colonised by Cardassians and stuff so she was all bit those Cardassians on edge again. she's on edge and she's doing all sorts but she's you know Picard didn't want her on the ship because she's a troublemaker I can't keep up Which with these Cardassians. Which doesn't seem like a Picard thing to do. Picard's usually, you know, give me the troublemaker, I'll straighten him out. He's fine. Um, but no, no, she introduced, she's in a few episodes, there's one episode where she does nothing but control the comms and it hmm. never says anything in the whole episode. They they called her in just for that, sit there at the comms desk. I started noticing that um, whoever's piloting the Enterprise seems to change every few episodes. Um, and they're almost always women, which makes me think there's some sort of major sexual harassment issue going on board the Enterprise. You think that they that they are suing their way to the top. It's Riker. Well, Riker's he's, definitely a sexual. Pervert. He's moving him off the bridge whenever they resist he's, him. He's a pervert, isn't he? Yeah. It's the way he gets into he chairs. Sex pest. There's that one time where he's like, mm. he gets turned on by something and then goes, "I'm going to be in the holodeck if anyone needs me," and off he goes to. But um, good series. It's got the classic episode Darmok. Do people really go into the holodeck to fuck? Like, yeah. Really. Yeah. What happens to the jizz? Well, in Lower Decks, they made out that someone has to clean it out, but I'm going to tell you, that's not what happens in the Star Trek ship. No, because it's all matter recycled. Yeah, the transporters transport away any matter in the bridge. The the ship cleans itself. People forget this from Star Trek. This this is the thing that I always thought Star Trek did. Because you know every day we're losing skin cells and shit like that. Our body just is gross and stuff drops Yours might be. Like, I lose a finger every now and then. It's not to worry, you get another one. But, like, I thought that that just went into the food synthesizer and that was just used as matter, like, blank matter to yeah, make just, food. Yeah, they just make so, uh, poop. So they're eating jizz. And poop. And poop. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you could just change cells into whatever you wanted, it wouldn't fucking matter, would it? No. Oh, God, that's, no. a, that's a world I want to live in. Yeah, they just re-matterise Because imagine that, stuff like, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, I just took a massive dump. I'm going to have some nachos. You know, Riker shoots a load in the... In the um, and that's his martini that deck. Night. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know. And then Picard has a They use good that old to give a physical form to a hologram's face. Like. It does make you wonder, though, because doesn't Picard have, like, scotch in his office? Yeah. He has, like, a bottle of alcohol. Yeah, he drinks Riker's jizz every night. Well, no, but, like, 
if you live in a world where matter can be changed into other matter mm-hmm. without any cost, then well, surely... energy cost and everything. Yeah, but the energy, again, could be generated from some of those cells being burnt off. Like, it wouldn't forever... You would still have a supply of food, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because people shit, so... Mm. God, I'm so fascinated by this now. Yeah. But anyway, it's oh, good episodes. Like Darmok. There's Darmok. Darmok's a good episode. Yeah. Where they encounter a race who speaks in metaphor and that for years no one's been able to figure them out because the translator just can't understand metaphors. Yeah. And there's a whole thing where Picard and Dar and one of the captain of the other ship, they transport down to the surface. And because they've got no communication, everyone thinks that he's been kidnapped. Yeah. And they have this whole thing where they fight a monster. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, they're trying to unify, he's trying to unify the races by having, you know, Something they work together so one, for. One speaks in metaphor, the other one speaks in similes. No. That'd be but that's the episode where uh, Mike's got the mask of the monster. Mask of the monster? Yeah, from Red Letter Media. He's got the monster's face. The big monster in that episode. He's got the big rubber mask of its face. And oh. You, you barely see the monster because it's like semi invisible. Yeah. Um, How can something be. Is it transparent? <clears> though? It's just a special monster. Opaque? Some transparent. He goes like a predator. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. But, um, so opaque. No, it's good. And there's loads of good episodes in this series. It's just really solid bit of television. You were saying before that it was very goofy. No. Was that the last season or the next season? No seasons are goofy. You said one, one series was a bit silly. You're a bit silly. Okay. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it's got the weird season ender, though, because, like, they always had, like, a big cliffhanger ending. Yeah, and the last series ended with this two-part um, Klingon storyline, which is you no know, big deal. It's big Klingons. All Klingons—they're the big main, you know, aliens in Star Trek. And it was all about Worf's honor that he, you know, had to give up years ago. He had to allow himself to be dishonored by the Klingons, and this was him getting it back and everything. Mm. Um, but this series ends with a time travel adventure where they go to meet Mark Twain, and like, you know, they find Data's head in a cave. You told me about that, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one to end on, because it's like, that's a that's a one-episode mystery at best, and they make it a two-parter that leads into season six. Because um, that's, that's like, you know, that's a one-episode. Oh, they found Data's head in the cave. At some point, he's going to travel to the past and end up with there. Oh, we solved the mystery. And that'll happen. But no, they, they spread it out over two episodes for some reason. It's fine. If they want to do that, they can. You know, it's their show. Um, But no, you've... Made me forget what episodes are in that series now because you're a penis, just a friggin' flaccid, shitty penis. So, um, but yeah. Oh, and Picard's always wearing his um, open jacket this series. Oh yeah, you got to stay sexy. He's got like the the casual wear one. Um, oh, there's also in a light. That's a great episode where this alien race they, they come across a probe, and it like scans Picard and he passes out and he wakes up in this like village. And he's got no way out of it. And he ends up living an entire lifetime in this village. Like, learning about them. And, you know, eventually, you know, he's been there for so long, he realises, you know, the Enterprise crew aren't coming for me. I've got no way of contacting them because the technology here isn't advanced enough for him to send a signal off or anything. They can only just launch rockets. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he ends up living an entire life there. And it all builds up to this point where they launch a rocket into space as their planet's dying. And that was the probe that... They encountered at the start because the probe was letting him live like um, part of the species so he could learn about their past. And it's like they died out a thousand years ago. Oh, more bummer. Like, yeah. Mm. And then Picard knows how to play the flute because of it. <laughs> he learned to play the flute while he was... He there. learned it from his doppelganger mm. who said to him, do you know how to play? No. Yeah. No, David. No, I he just has to... a flute. 
he learns how to play it. What kind of flute is that? Just a flute. Just a little flute. Right. Piccolo type thing. So not, a, not an ocarina? No, that's no, that's not a flute. That's an ocarina. It's a woodwind. <laughs> you love wood. I've got an ocarina. <clears throat> I cannot play it. Mm. Yeah, I know. You're one of those idiots who brought one when everyone was like, hey, look, you can buy ocarinas. It's that thing from the game. Nope. No, no, I wanted to do a Macarena and I misspelled it and bought an Ocarina. Alright. Anyway, <laughs> season five of Next Generation. Okay. It's good stuff. Where did you watch it on? What? What's it on? It's on Netflix. Oh, so it's all available on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, cool. And that's where you watched it? Yeah. And it was a good quality? Yeah. Sounded good? Ran fine? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is this your favourite Star Wars programme? It's not Star Wars. Star Trek programme. <laughs> Just... Shut your mouth. Is this your favourite you Star Is this your favourite Star Trek? Star Trek Next Generation is great. One of the best TV series ever. Yeah, made. but is it your favourite? What's your favourite? No, Deep Space Nine's my favourite Star Deep Trek. Deep Space Nine's your favourite. Yeah. With Lady. No. With Black Guy. Yeah, with friggin' Captain Benjamin Sisko. Well, Commander. He gets, Cisco. He gets promoted to Captain in Season 3. They call their character Cisco after the singer and you call me yeah. racist. No, he predates Cisco. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Cisco's like 50. Cisco is, like, Cisco's only been around, like, you know, 20 years, and Benjamin Cisco's been around since friggin' 1993. 30 years? Yeah. But no, Next Generation Season 5 is really good. Cisco was in the uh, award-winning film Get Over It, starring Kirsten Dunst and Ben Foster. No one cares about that. Ben Foster gets dumped by his girlfriend and decides he's going to go on an adventure to try and win her back with the help of Kirsten Dunst. Oh, a plot incredibly similar to the to the what was it? No, no, you're Matthew just Broderick talking bollocks. No one his cares. Ex-girlfriend, and it was no Kelly Preston. No one cares. It's Kelly Preston, the one from it's Sky nothing High. Nothing to do with anything. Just get on with it. Oh, so my first review today is yeah. going to be Dirt Five on Series S. I'm going to interrupt you constantly. Not Dirt Four. Dirt Three. No, no, neither of those. I didn't play Dirt Three, although I think that might have been Dirt Takedown, which we spoke about. No, it's a different game. Is it? So it's different from the other main... The other main Dirt numbers. Showdown. I think Dirt 4 was the one that people didn't like. Dirt 3 people didn't like very much. And then Dirt oh, 5 yeah. people seem to like again. Or at least I like it a lot. You've been playing it as well, Ant, haven't you? Not really. The cars go vroom vroom. Cars go vroom vroom mm-hmm. and then you drive around and you say, hey The cars go vroom and then a vroom vroom. hey Cisco. He did not sing that song. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's arcadey. You drive around. You, it's a rally game. You do skids. You do some drifts. You're around corners. You've been playing on the One X. And can can we quickly get an idea of how it runs on the One X? Is it good? Yeah. No issues with loading times or anything like that? Just I mean, much. it takes forever to load because it's a friggin' Xbox One game. Yeah. All Xbox One games take forever to load. But, like, you haven't find any, like, choppy textures or anything like that. It runs at 60 frames per second for the most part. I guess. Yeah. Cool. Um, playing on Series S, it also runs 60 FPS. Is it 1080p or 1440p? Obviously, because it's Series S. But um, but yeah, run like a dream. Really nice, punchy colours. I really like a game that's got a lot of punchy colours to it. I would say that of the only real detriment to the game are there are a couple of events I really don't like. The assault courses, uh, dog shit, hate them. And then you've also got like. You've got like the weird ramp cars where they where they just turn of their own accord and they're dog shit. I hate those as well. Those are the two events I just fucking can't stand. Stupid American cars. Stupid American cars with their fucking steering wheels on the wrong side. Um, and one of the other things that I don't like is there are certain maps where the where it will transition from day to night really rapidly over the three laps. 
and there is a midpoint between day and night where it becomes pitch black for no reason. It's like right before the neon lights and the fireworks start going off. Because it looks spectacular when all those effects are coming in. But there'll be just an amount of time where it's very fucking dark and very hard to see where you're going. And now you're scared of the dark. I am very scared of the dark, especially when I'm in a car. You sleep with a light on. Yeah. Coward. Who doesn't? No one does. How else am I going to read on my tablet with a screen that lights up? Um, But yeah, like all in all, really fucking spectacular (laughs) spectacular game. I've been loving it. It's on Game Pass. A couple of bits I don't like, but for the most part, it's been really fun. It's been really entertaining. And Newfound Glory on the soundtrack is a fucking absolute win for me. I, it's been so long since I listened to Newfound Glory, and as soon as I heard him on there, I was like, I'm going to add some of that. That's a band for wussy boys. Wussy boys. <laughs> for tight jean wearing, friggin' scarf wearing, yeah, yeah, friggin' yeah. pansies. Yeah. <gasps> bunch of, bunch of no neck, friggin' <laughs> Keep cowards. going, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. Who else falls into that in your eyes? Who else? You. Is, no, but I mean, like, who else musically falls into that camp? Green Day fan circa What's 2001 that? onwards. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So basically, the Green Day you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> American they stopped Indian making onwards. albums after Nimrod. Was that was their American last album. American Idiot was the last. No, because before that you had Shenanigans. No, Shenanigans doesn't count. That's just like B-sides and stuff. But you had... So wait, you had Dookie, Nimrod, Shenanigans, and then it went American Idiot. Yeah, 10,001 smoothed out Slappy Hours, which was a compilation of three EPs. Yeah, I was going to say, those, those were EPs. The they don't album. count as albums. They don't count as albums. They're 10,001 smoothed out Slappy Hours. You wouldn't count fucking uh, Shenanigans. Shenanigans is a friggin' B-sides best of. It's not a real album. All right. EPs, it's a best of. EPs aren't a real album EPs. compilation. No, no, not counting it. Not doing this. So everything past American Idiot you say is dog shit. So you're not a big fan no, of Wake everything... Me Up When September Ends. Everything after Nimrod. Nimrod's the last good album. Oh, come on. King for a Day was on uh, Shenanigans. No, it wasn't. Was that on Nimrod? It's on Nimrod. Yeah. Maybe Shenanigans isn't as good as I Shenanigans remember. Shenanigans is the best of. There were other songs on there. You're that your own discs. guy who's like, oh, what's your favourite Led Zeppelin album? It's best <laughs> of Led <laughs> yeah, Zeppelin. Do it very gross hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> My favourite Tupac song is Changes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Dirt 5's on uh, Game Pass if you're on Xbox. Really good. Or if you've got PC, really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, give it a go. Um, I give it a... I give it a... <laughs> I can't remember the name of the lead singer from Green Day. It's Billy Joe friggin' Armstrong. Billy Joel Armstrong. Oh yeah, Billy Joel Armstrong. You know, he's still making a lot of money. Billy Joe. Billy, jo- Billy no, Joel. Joel. Billy Joel is the piano. Yeah, no, man. but his name is Billy Joel Armstrong. No, it's Billy Joe Armstrong. Give it a lead Billy Joel me. is the piano yeah, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Play me a song, piano man. Hmm. Go on, yeah. Alright, uh, and your review. Fucking bullshit. That's how you do it. That's how you do it quick. Right. Power Rangers Beast Morph for season two. Is Frankie on Netflix now. No, Frankie Muniz is unfortunately still alive. Why unfortunately? Because I'm I'm gonna hazard a guess that he's a friggin' um, anti-vaxxer nut job. No, he had like, like a bunch of heart attacks and stuff. He had... did he? He's yeah. like twelve. He's not an anti. He's thirty-five. Oh god, he's older than me. Anyway, he's younger than you though. Power Rangers Beast Morphers <laughs> season two. <laughs> That's for the pansy coming early. Yeah. <laughs> Parish beef morphers, see beef morphers, yeah. <laughs> the burger boys are back. It's the weird gimmicks they have this nowadays, man. Look at that McDonald's time. Like that, like the transformer that became a burger. Yeah, the Sesame McDonald's C- best grand. Yeah. I've got a McDonald's. Tra- I've got a I burger got transformer. Well. Yeah, the princess. I've got a burger one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, 
Season two of Beast Morphers is Hasbro going, right, look, season one, we did some Power Rangers. Season two, we're going to do all Power Rangers. And it's like they turned it into like an anniversary series because they've been saying that they want to create a unified Power Rangers universe, which a bunch of weirdos online who misinterpret everything think this means that they're ditching the Toei Super Sentai stuff and they're going to, you know, reboot Power Rangers and all this, when really all it means is they're going to treat it like they treat Transformers, where it's like all sorts of different continuities, different styles of show and TV and movie and whatnot, but they all sort of count. They all sort of exist in the same universe, as it were. Um, Because that's what they do with Transformers. Like, Rescue Bots Academy is technically in the same continuity as the movies, which is weird, but... It's continuity, as they describe it in Hasbro. It all lines up if you squint a little bit. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so you sort of ignore the edges, but it's, it's all fine. Bumblebee loses his voice, they leave Cybertron, you know, stuff like that. In the newest film, it's Bumblebee's voice was Dylan O'Brien from Love and Monsters. For like four minutes. Look, I love him, and I'm allowed to talk about him whenever I get the chance. Anyway, um, but Beast Morphers Season 2 does loads of stuff where it's just subtle... Subtly and not so subtly calling back to other Power Rangers seasons and stuff. Like there's an episode well, they find they find out Devon's father, the mayor of the city, has been sort of like he's he's had his body merged with the villain, Vent mm. with um Evox, the villain. Okay. And they need to separate their bodies so that Evox can't control him anymore. And there was a thing in a previous series where that happened, but he's trying to figure out, oh, how can we sort this out? And he calls Dr. K up in another dimension she's from rpm he they just he just happens to have an interdimensional phone call thing doesn't match power rangers it's all through the morphing grid and stuff you just explain like that mm. but you get a cameo from dr k and i was like oh that's awesome and then she actually comes back for an episode properly she like turns up and has a few scenes no which way. is lovely because dr k is great yeah um but that was like a neat little callback but then it all even comes around again because there's a plot twist in like the last few episodes that calls back to a little hanging thread they left in RPM. Because RPM was going to be the last Power Rangers series years ago. Disney were done with it. They were like, it's costing us too much money in the sense that they didn't want to pay for half a TV show. Apparently that was too much. And also the people who made RPM spent all the money and they had to spend the following year's series budget on finishing RPM. Um, but they left like a little dangling thread. Yeah. There was like one of the, one of the um, morphers had a little flashing light on it, a red light indicating that the virus villain Vengix was inside the phone. And it turns out in Beast Morphers, I'm going to spoil all sorts here, that um, when they were developing their morphine tech, they used like old Power Ranger technology to figure out how to, you know, create their own morphine technology. And they used the ve- the phone, the RPM phone, that had the Vengix virus on it and accidentally created the villain Evox. Turns out the villain Evox in Beast Morphers is Vengix from RPM. And so they did this. So they essentially did a two-season carry-on from RPM in secret. Like mm. it all just ties back to one of the best seasons of Power Rangers. And there's also all sorts of stuff where they like they're using old Ranger tech. The villain can absorb all their Beast Morpher tech, so they pull out loads of old weapons they've got in storage that they were using for research from before. So they have whole fight sequences that weren't in the Super Sentai series, all just done here. They're using like the friggin' bl- the like samurai swords and ninja cannons and all this sort of stuff. It's really cool, like little callback things and just to tie all this stuff together. They even did a big old dinosaur crossover special where Jason turned up. Um, and Tommy didn't because no one likes Tommy. But um, 
But that's okay because it was based on a movie, and the Green Ranger wasn't in that movie. Oh right, yeah. So and also they didn't call him because they've had enough of him calling them. But no, I mean it's probably it's, it's probably because they just didn't want to, you know, add more Green Ranger footage because the Green Ranger's dead in Super Sentai. Oh right. You remember in the original series where Tommy's got the, that there's that candle and he's losing his powers and then he becomes the White Ranger, and they give him new powers. And that's how he went from Green Ranger to White Ranger. In in Super Sentai, that candle's burning away until Burai dies. Okay. And he goes out to save his fr- the rest of the team, his brother and his friends and stuff, and he ends up dying because the candle burns out. Oh. Be a real tragic ending. Um, but yeah, but uh, Beast Morphers, it's fun stuff. There's some. There's a really cool episode where it's a body swap episode. Love a good body swap episode. There seems to be one in every series of Power Rangers. Got to do it. Um, Steel, he's a robot, half robot. He's got human DNA in him somehow. I think that's just someone shot a load in him, but that's not how they explain it. And he swaps body with his brother, whose DNA he's based on, um, friggin' Nate. And they swap bodies. So Nate's now, it changes their vocal cords as well, because um, that's how body swapping works, apparently. And so Nate's now Steel, and he's like, you know, experiencing life as a human for the first time. And it's like, turns into a super corny episode where he's like, I'm going to try every ice cream sundae. Yeah. Um, and then he just bursts into song and there's a whole full blown musical dance number in a club. And it's like, out of nowhere, the episode's not a musical episode. There's no build up to it. They just burst into this song about, I just love to be human. <laughs> and it's like, good way to come stuff up. And then when the song ends, they're all just like, yeah, that was great fun. Woo. And they call that back at the end of the series as well, which was quite nice of them. Because um, he permanently gets turned into a human. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is he happy about that? Yeah, yeah, he's quite happy. Yeah, that's good. He gets like, he sacrifices himself to defeat Vengex and then gets digitised into the morphing grid. And then somehow magic stuff brings him back as a human. Because the morphing grid is quite considerate like that. Yeah. I guess. It's all magical. I mean... It's all magical, fantastical, amazing. You know, some seasons of Power Rangers pit magic against science. That's quite a common thing they do. But the morphing grid is basically magic, and that's fine. It's yeah. fine. But it was weird watching this, because I watched Beast Morphers Season 1, and then I watched the show it's based on, Go Busters, yeah. and then I watched Season 2 of Beast Morphers. So I watched basically the same show twice, like bookended. Like, so I watched Beast Morphers, then started watching Go Busters and going, man, oh, this is really familiar. And then I get to the second half of the series, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's all new. <laughs> it's all new. And then I watch Beast Morphers, and I'm like, oh, this is all a bit familiar. Which is why I was happy that they did a whole bunch of extra stuff at the end. They shot extra fight sequences and, you know, and they're showing off a bit. And now the new season Dino Fury, I watched a clip yesterday that was friggin' rad. Like a whole fight sequence that wasn't in Ryu Soldier. That had like really clear geometry in the action sequences. Like really clever inventive shit. Like she throws her sword, it knocks the monster sword out and her sword flies up and stabs into a tree. Then she throws a spear above it and sort of runs up the monster, lands on the spear... And he's like, what are you doing up there? And she drops down, grabs the sword and slashes through him. Oh, cool. Which is like a really cool sequence. Yeah. You saw the whole thing, big setup, boom. And she also, when she morphs, she's got a skirt automatically. The Green Ranger is a boy in Super Sentai, in the oh. Super Sentai series. They changed her to a girl in this one. And when she gets a skirt, she rips it off and goes, skirts aren't my style. Did anyone complain about that? Probably loads I'm sure there's weirdos who yeah. will. Yeah. Although it bothers me because technically that's damage to the suit. And in Power Rangers logic, that should repair itself every time she morphs. Unless it's, unless it's them making a decision, surely. 
Maybe, maybe the, it reacts to their decisions, yeah. maybe. Because the colour is based on their personalities. But then Adam was stuck as a frog, and he didn't like being a frog. Remember in the movie, he's all like, I'm a frog. Yeah, but I don't think you get to choose your animal, you just get to choose your colour. Yeah. Because frogs aren't normally blue. I did notice when they did that stunt sequence that um, the stunt person for the Green Ranger is clearly a girl. Yeah. It's clearly a woman one in the stunt costume. Yeah. Um, whenever they use the footage from the Super Sentai, it's going to be pretty clear that it's not a woman in the costume. They got a raging boner half the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, the Green Ranger is—he's small in the show it's based on. All right, but he doesn't have tits. So, <laughs> to be fair, um, you can do a lot with computers nowadays. Yeah, it's all right. They, they gender swap every now and again in Power Rangers. Yeah. It's fine. It's to get that diversity up, and and also it doesn't really matter. No, like. You know, for the most part, they're pretty androgynous. Like, they don't really... What you say in the Japanese people are sexless weirdos. No, like, a lot of the Power Rangers can't believe people... can Especially, like, in these series, like, you've got the characters... She watched Battle Fever J, the um, Miss, uh, Miss America in Battle Fever J. She's yeah. famously got a wig on her helmet. Yeah. Um, it's a woman, but the stunt actor was a guy, and there's loads of shots where it is way too obvious that it's a guy. <laughs> um... Like, just full up, because she doesn't have leggings. She's got, like, a swimming costume type okay, suit. Yeah. So, so often you see some peen. Yeah, I mean, not I mean, full on, like, just sack, just bulging. It's like in The Mummy, there's that couple of scenes where you see Omni Jumali's... Uh, Jalili. Jalili, sorry, you see his penis. Yeah, you... <sighs> talk to him about that. <laughs> uh... Anyway, Beast Morphers Season 2, really good. It's a good start for Hasbro's friggin' Mark yeah. Power Rangers. It sounds like they're doing it right. Mm. I'm going to be interested to see what they do after Dino Fury, because Dino Fury run for two years, they, that's how they always do it. Yeah. But the thing I wonder is, the only series they haven't got that they haven't adapted, loads of them are ones where I'd be like, they wouldn't adapt them. They wouldn't do Tokuja, because one, Tokuja's fucking weird. Is that the Cops and Robbers or the Train No, one? that's the Train one, because yeah. Americans hate trains for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then there's Lupin Ranger versus Pathranger, Ranger, which is the cops and robbers one. Wait, the Americans and hate trains? Yeah, the they thing- just straight up don't like trains. It's a really weird thing with America. Like the thing that literally built their country they hate. Yeah, and they abandoned them hundreds of years ago. Like, no one uses trains in America. Really? Yeah, they just use the subway, and that's it, and they hate the subway. There's the train toys in Power Rangers traditionally don't sell. They don't even bring train transformers over from Japan, like... But um, they won't do Lupin Ranger versus Power Ranger. Loads of people go, it's because, oh, they'd have to make thieves look like heroes. I think it's more because of the cops, mm. to be honest. I mean, apparently when they were writing Dino Fury, the one, there's a uh, um, park ranger in it, and yeah. he was going to be a cop, and they changed it to a park ranger while they were writing, because they were like, yeah, maybe not. Um, I can't see him doing Q Ranger, because it's like 13 friggin' rangers or whatever. That's too many. Mm. Um I can't see him doing Zenkai to the current series because there's one human character in the thing. Um, although then again, could save some money. You just need to pay stunt performers to run around in a mascot costume. And Zenkai just so far has been fantastic. So it pretty much leaves Kira Major and Zioja. Yeah. Which I think both are pretty valid. Kira Major's all jewels though. Can you imagine them trying to sell a bunch of jewel toys to boys? Hasbro wouldn't do it. Look, just sell them to everyone. Yeah. So maybe you've got Zuoja. Maybe Zuoja's what you're left with. Mm. Anyway, Dino Fury, I reckon that'll be good. Yeah. Dinos, dinosaurs tend to do well as well, like mm. in terms of merchandise and shit like that. Well, look, Rear Soldier, the the worst stuff with Rear Soldier isn't the stuff that's going to translate over anyway. The okay. worst stuff is a bunch of the story elements which don't work and 
some things get cut short at the wrong time. But the action sequences, that's the thing they're going to take. Yeah. It's like some of the best Super Sentai's ever done. Mm. So, you know, that'll be cool. They'll bring that over. Yeah. It was cool doing Beast Morphers. I like Beast Morphers, though, because it was Go Busters, and Go Busters got skipped over years ago. It's from yeah. 2012. Jesus. Like, they skipped over that all that time ago, and it's like a great series. Yeah, it sounds really fun. Really yeah. interesting. And they look, don't look like normal Power Rangers. They've got leather costumes on rather than the spandex. So they look like these <laughs> sex men. They they look like they've stepped out of Arrow. Like if Arrow did Power Rangers. Arrow, Arrow was Power Rangers. Yeah, pretty much. Complete with the fucking explosions and shit of sparks everywhere. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow is basically a tokusatsu. Yeah, yeah Legends of Tomorrow is. Yeah. A tokusatsu with a much bigger budget. I mean, Barry even has a costume he morphs into nowadays, doesn't he? <laughs> No, he's got the ring, doesn't he? Yeah, but it actually even it even morphs around his body now. It doesn't come out. He doesn't come out of the ring. And he runs into it. It actually goes and shoots around him like oh, Nano really? Iron Man. Oh, yeah, in the new series. God. Oh. When are they going to do a Blue Beetle series? Because that would just be Carmen Rider. Blue Beetle would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, but you'd, uh, I think that they were talking about doing a film with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, or was it Booster Gold? Blue Beetle else? deserves a film of his own. It'd be yeah. rad. New Blue Beetle. I'm not so bored about the old one. Which one's the new? I Blue want the high tech. Oh, you don't want the the scarab, the mystical one. I want the one where he's got the robot backpack and everything, and he's yeah. like, he, you know, henshins into Blue Beetle form, and he just looks like a Carmen Rider. Yeah, no, no, the one you mean. It'd be rad as shit. Give him a plastic and spandex costume. Fucking rad. Do you ever read uh, all of Invincible and all of the other stuff in the Invincible universe? There was Tech Jacket, that was a kid who basically was Blue Beetle. He just he got an alien vest. And these aliens, like, they have really weak bodies and they can't really support themselves very well in any atmosphere. They're, just, they're horribly weak creatures. Yeah. So they make these vests. So at, at birth, you just get a vest. And you don't have to bathe. You don't have to eat. You don't have to, like, shave or clean or any of that stuff. The suit just does it all for you. And, uh, and like, it makes you ten times stronger than your original physical strength. Maybe they're weak because they don't eat and don't shave. And don't well, no, they did before. Themselves. But, like, as the technology's gone on, as they've, like... And so this kid gets one. He puts it on. And becomes tech jacket, and it basically covers up your whole body and makes you into like a makes a battle suit when you need it. Um, and they use it during the Voltramite rule. I've read all of Invincible recently because the f- TV program's coming up, so I read every single issue. Um, and yeah, Tech Jacket is just a really interesting character because he just all the TV shows desperate to make another comic book property. Yeah, I think <laughs> that Invincible, if they make it as gory as the comic and they like make it as serious as the comic, because the comic does. Oh, is it a gory one? Have you not read Invincible? No. Oh, right. It's like, imagine Superboy Prime. I can't remember. What was the last comic I read? Like, fuck knows. Friggin' Walking Dead Part 6. Oh, right. So basically... (laughs) Yeah, sick fish, you're walking dead. Invincible in like a nutshell is Superman comes down to Earth. um, He starts a family, has a son, and like he basically just fights big monsters and does the Superman thing. When his son turns 16, he starts getting powers, and it turns out the son (laughs) is... Basically, the DNA of his people is an exact match for humans, so it makes a son that's as powerful as one of his people, but ages at a much lower rate than a normal human. And also, his, his DNA is not much of a match for humans, then. Well, no, no, it exceeds his his exceeds his lifespan, oh. so it's better. Oh. But uh, but yeah, and his powers mature a lot quicker than the Voltramite people's do. Do um, but then, like when he turns sixteen, his dad basically turns to him and goes. Son, I need you to help me take over this planet because that's kind of been my mission. We were meant to come here, take over, and then tell my people that this is a great planet for fucking people making more babies. So how's that sound? Do you want to give us a hand? And the kid's like, wait, you're a fucking villain? No, I'm not going to do is this. And they get into like a big fight. Isn't that wanted? No, no, no. no. Like, they are supermen, though. Like They're flying around like smacking yeah, the shit out of you. And wanted are, was about like... There are other superheroes in this world. It's not just supervillains. And basically, he gets into a big knockdown, drag-out fight with his dad, and his dad... <laughs> 
in the last like minutes, he's he's about to choke his son to death, and the son goes like, "Why are you doing this, Dad?" And he flies off into space. And he like basically exiles himself from the planet, like removes himself from the situation. The dad, that is not the son. The son goes on to have those big history, like like a really good like historic career of fighting villains and stuff, um, and and then eventually like the things that his dad were doing come back to bite him in the arse, and he has to he has to deal with them. But that's not my review this week. Invincible's really yeah, incredible. Why you if you just get the chance, tangents again. if you get the chance to read Invincible, it's 176 issues I did in the space of two weeks. It's pretty banging. Too many. It's really good. Um, there's free compendiums, and like it is genuinely the no, series. Twelve just, issues max. The series goes longer. Right clip. Like you do, you just you you read through them. There's a couple of storylines that I don't like so much, but there are some really good ones. What like, comic you should read? Really good what, comic. What, the Beano. No. The Beano. Um, there's there's two thousand seven hundred some odd issues of it. Yeah, if you yeah. were cool, you would read it there's from a start to finish. There's a particular villain called Angstrom Levy, who's fucking incredible. All he is is a <clears> bloke that can trans... Like, he has the power, and he's the only one of his kind in the entirety of the multiverse, but he has the power to travel between those multiverses. And, like, his idea is that he gathers all his copies into one space, gets these two, like, super genius, like, bulked-up dudes who clone people. He gets them to help him build a machine, where instead of him cloning all these people, he's going to take all of their combined knowledge and put it into himself... Like the one, yeah, basically like the one, but without any of those people dying. As soon as that's done, he's going to send them all back to the worlds. But he wants the knowledge of each and every world so that he can know the outcomes of any decisions that need to be made and help his planet. Um, he does it, fucks up his head, becomes just like a big horrible scaly brain down the hole of his spine, yeah. and he blames Invincible, and then he uses his power to basically go to other multiverses and bring the Invincibles that have like been fucking nasty fascist pricks, and like they cause this Invincible war, and basically it's like. Imagine if there were 50 evil supermen and you had the Justice League trying to like fight off 50 evil supermen that just like were fucking super overpowered. Yeah. And it's really good. Really Does good Batman com- get time to prepare? Really good run. There is a Batman in it. Um, I can't remember who it is in this. And Batman, if Batman gets time to prepare, he'll deal with 50 supermen. <laughs> he just goes out. He's, he's like, Clark, I've not got anything on me. Laser off his arms. Laser off his arms. No, don't do that. I've got a plan. Um, <clears throat> alright sorry my next review this week is going to be WandaVision talking about superheroes the WandaVision series finished three weeks ago now but never because, heard of it yeah you did you watched all of it you fucking nerd you're lying uh, WandaVision is the story of Wanda Maximoff following the snap and how she's trying to rebuild her life but she seems to be stuck in what ostensibly is a genre and time hopping sitcom premise and so for nine episodes half hour each we got to find out what the secret was. Mm. It's the Hex. Um, brought back a lot of Marvel heroes and villains and, and, and little hints here and there to other things going on in the world. Um, but in reality, I think it, 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 it obviously, it was weighed down by audience expectation. Fucking idiots. It was a weighed little down bit, by fucking idiots. A little, bit of, a little bit of the interviews that were happening with the stars of people taking that, not a face value. And, uh, and yeah, just all around like, I feel like I feel like you can't have anything nowadays and people would not turn it into something toxic and horrible and dog shit. More on that later. But with regards to this series, people were so out- outraged by that last episode. And I get it. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the last episode. I liked it, but I think that overall there are better ways of doing an end fight like that. But because of coronavirus, because of COVID and the way that things were setting out, they didn't have time to do the reshoots they wanted. Some characters fell by the wayside. But there were still um, really interesting little bits and pieces I really enjoyed. I loved the fucking Wizard of Oz reference. At one point, someone gets a car thrown at him. Oh, yeah. There's just a pair of boots left behind. I was like, 
nice easy little reference and that's a good cl- a crowd yeah but that means the Wizard of Oz happens in the Marvel Universe and they're going to introduce the Wicked Wizard of the Witch that's going to have her own movie no that's DC you're thinking of DC no, this is what Marvel does that's no the... Queen of Fables is no, DC they had one actor who was in another thing and that means that his entire thing is now going to be part of the Marvel Universe didn't who's they? that who's that when they got Evan Peters in it no, because he was Ralph Boner. Yeah, but no, no, he was. Oh, but the audience it's definitely expected. the X Men universe. Even though there was absolutely nothing to say that doing. was. See what you're doing. You're doing jokes the because case. of what I said at the beginning of the beginning of the review. I get yeah. it. I get it. Um, I liked that. I like the Ralph Boner joke, and I love Evan Peters' reaction to that. It's like Ralph Boner. It's a show that's huh, full of metatextual metatextual references. Yeah. And they cast Evan Peters to be a fake version of her brother. Yeah. That's a meta joke. It's not friggin'. It's a meta reference. It doesn't mean the X Men universe is tied to friggin' Marvel stuff. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I like that there was. I like that could have been a possibility, but I think way too many people were vested in that idea. So when, remember when Iron Man three came out, people got really angry about the Mandarin plot twist in that. Yeah. But the film says multiple times that they based him on existing terrorism. Oh terrorists. yeah. Like. Even though he's a Mandarin, that doesn't mean the Mandarin doesn't exist because yeah. he took all the iconography from them. It came from somewhere. <laughs> what I liked is with the um, the fact that they had the Ten Rings flag. That was in the first one. Well, that's what I was going to say yeah. is that initially the Ten Rings were obviously that group and you know the um, the subservient guy, the guy that ran the terrorist organisation that took Tony Stark. Hmm. He's got one of the like he's got like a ring, like a forged ring that looks like one of the one of the ten rings of um, the Mandarin. Yeah, and he keeps fiddling with it whenever he's in a scene. It, it hints at the idea that this is an organization. This is something hidden below the surface. But yeah, when it comes to One Division, though, back to One Division. Um, standouts for me were um, were obviously um, 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 uh, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, who I've always enjoyed in everything except for Solo. I didn't like him in Solo because what? in Solo he was a bit weird. He's great in Solo. He was. It was meant to be a different character, and you could tell. He was just sort of forced in there, and I think that that was to the detriment of the character. But if you watch things like, um, I mean, way back when, the when 2002, A Night's Tale. Fucking love that from Alan Tudyk and Paul Bettany and uh, the guy from 2004 Children. <laughs> a Night's Tale? Yeah. Do you not remember A Night's Tale with Heath, no, if... Heath Ledger? Yeah. Paul Bettany plays Chaucer. Henry Chaucer. Yeah. To trudge. What? To trudge. I'm trudging. I'm the lone desperate walk of a man who has lost it all. It's like, oh, okay. Why are you doing that? Then? Goes, well, I'd love to spin you a yarn, but... Uh, yeah, is I he... didn't, see, I didn't watch Night's Tale. I watched uh, First Night. The uh, Richard Gere. Six years, Gere, Six the years Rich, Richard Gere In film. 1996, you watched Classic First Night. film. And you yeah. went, that's me done for any film. It was like 1993. No, it was this 96. It's got to be earlier, 96. No, it was 95. Sean Connery no, still was acting and stuff. 95 and 96. Yeah, it's yeah. earlier than that. Um, but yeah, like all in all, WandaVision, fantastic. Paul Bettany, yeah, he, at times, he he reminded me so much of um, of Rick Mail. Especially in that second episode where he gets the gum inside of his chest and he's playing up and he's got that he's got that sneer and the hair's dropped down. It's a little bit greasy and it's dropped down. And he's, and he's just a little bit, he's got like the drunkenness to him and the swag. He just reminded me so much of, of uh, Rick Mayle. And it was a really nice, really nice comic comedic turn for him. Because Rick Mayle was always drunk. You got a really negative attitude. No, but I just grew up Rick watching Bottom. Mayle. I grew up watching Bottom and he's always got yeah. that. Do you have the scripts for Bottom? Do you? Yeah, I do actually. I have the... Oh, that's... that's that. Why? <laughs> Every season of Bottom, I've got the scripts. <laughs> why? Because I'm cool. <laughs> well, like the actual scripts from set or are we well, talking about... it's a book. It's a book oh, of the, a book. the whole scripts. I think it's got one of the live shows in it, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's cool. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like all in all, I really enjoyed. Got the scripts to Iron Man and Partridge as well. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm a really big fan of really big fan of this. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next with Wanda. There were some there were some episodes that weren't great, um, but all in all, it like sort of it held momentum. It kept everything going. I always like seeing um, Jimmy Woo come back because he, he did was, the card trick. He was so good in Iron Man 2. I really liked him he in Iron Man 2. He was not in Iron Man 2. He's in Iron Man and Wasp. Iron Man 2, sorry. Iron Man 2. Freaking, jeez, call yourself sorry. a Marvel Call genius. myself a Jimmy Woo fan. I don't even remember the film he's in. Um, he has one of my favourite scenes in Iron Man 2, and it's the one where he's like, where he's like see you later. It's like, later? later? Like, for what? Like, for dinner? It's like, I I mean, I I don't want to go to dinner, but do you want to go to dinner? It's like, it's like, I mean, I'm free if you are. It's like, no, 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 no I don't. I don't want to get dinner with you. He's like, he's like oh. Okay, Scott. <laughs> it's just like it's such a. Oh, he's heartbroken. It's so awkward. But yeah, the card trick's amazing. Yeah. And also, he gives a chance to like. I like the fact that they are showing that they are agents that are trained to be agents. Because mm. there's a scene where they just easily wipe out four people, which was nice to see. Um, and also, you know, people kept saying John Krasinski wasn't going to be in this, but he was writing it from the first episode. It's Asian Jim. Agent Jim. Agent Jim. Yeah, Jim. <laughs> From The Office. Yeah. What I like is that um, the, the guy who plays at Randall Park, the guy who plays uh, Jimmy Woo, he had an interview like when the series started airing and he said, I forgot I was in The Office. <laughs> of <course you laughs> so would. when the memes started coming out, people were like, oh, yeah. Good old Asian Jim. Asian Jim. I love yeah. that episode. That's one of the best cold opens. It's just like, Jim? It's like, <laughs> it's like you're not Jim. You're not in this picture. <gasps> When it comes to Pam, she's just like, we had that done. He he was the photographer, so we had him pop in for one shot. And he's an actor friend of theirs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But yeah, WandaVision, I really recommend it. If you're a fan of Marvel, why not jump on board? It's not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's not like um, Inhumans. And it's not like Agent Carter. You don't really need to invest that much time into this. It's not that much longer than a film we're going to talk about later. And there's a lot more substance to it. And there's I think really- it's shorter. Is it? It might be. It might be. I mean, if you cut off the credits especially. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because there's like seven minutes of credits for every episode. I really like the developments in this. Uh, Spoilers, like, they... they, um, Just a minor spoiler. They sort of... They go back to her history and they talk about all, like, probability and, and whether or not she had powers before. And I like to think that it wasn't definitive that she did. I like to think that part of it was that Agnes was trying to fuck with her memory still. We're still trying to manipulate it. And you know how like Mag- like Agnes just couldn't stop herself? And she was like, maybe you had powers all along. And it's like, well, maybe the bomb just didn't go off, you know? Maybe. Maybe she did. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But now she's got the dark hole and she's actually learning about her powers. And she showed signs like she cuts ruins into the side of the hex and stuff like that. And, you know. Like- it's really good of the villain to tell her exactly how to stop her. Yeah, but I like I like the fact that it was just one line. It wasn't her going like, oh, look, you're in my magical It's like, it was just like... But she'd been a whole sequence where she teaches her how to do the runes. I just like, I like it. It was just like... Look, I don't have time to teach all the runes, but here's the one that will allow you to stop anyone else casting the spell. Literally, it was literally just... It was the way that someone would do it if they were gloating a little bit that they'd won. Hmm. It was just like, oh, you can't you can't cast magic in here. This is my runes. Hmm. Yeah, can't do it. And that's it. That's what you need to say. And that's what they did. It was great. Um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I want more vision. I think that's uh, that's been the most disappointing uh, thing about this is uh, that that vision's not been in the last few films because he's been dead. Mm. But then he's suddenly in this, and we've got hours and hours no, of he him. Got white vision now. He'll paint himself and <laughs> paint himself. Yeah, crying in the face. shower. 
painting for like Dulux paint. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, because White Vision's a thing from the comics, and he was basically just. He had the memories, but he didn't have the capacity to show emotion, or he didn't have the capacity to process emotion. He'll learn. Um, I don't think he can. I think in the comics they had to create an emotion chip for him. They had to like basically upgrade him so that he could feel emotions again. By that point, Scarlet Witch was fucking a brother again or something. I can't remember. Mark Miller, eh? Mark Miller. Um, I did think it was probably gonna... best not to take anything from yeah, the old man universe. Oh, except for uh, Captain America's son. They steal his sperm whilst he's in cryosleep and they made a son. And then the son ended up going crazy and ripping his own face what, off. Like in Night Night, they go in there and just wank him off and then suck it up with a turkey No, it's just a drill. Like in uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah. <laughs> they steal his mojo. Yeah. <laughs> if he's frozen, the sperm's frozen. So you don't need to worry too much. Yeah. He wakes up, he's like, oh, my balls! Yeah. What if it shatters? What? His balls. No, you have special drills. You're frozen. You just goes. Yeah, you have special drills, mate. No. You got ball drills. Oh. Yeah, pile drivers. Mm. Um, I give, uh, I give uh, Wonder Vision. Um, yeah, just really entertaining time. Um, I know that people that don't watch Marvel movies have actually enjoyed this as well. They've watched it as well because it's on. And I don't think that you need to be entirely invested in the Marvel world to actually watch it. Like I know that coming from our point, we've seen all the films and we've followed this since the beginning. Mm. So it's a little bit hard for us to say that, but they said that they were enjoying it nonetheless. In fact, they said quite the opposite of what most people were saying, whereas they really enjoyed those first initial episodes, and then once it started bringing in more of the Marvel Universe, they enjoyed it less, but they could still follow along the story, whereas I was sort of... I think that it started really strong, continues to be strong, even when they brought in the real world, well, the elements of their world um, outside of the sitcoms into it. I think that it's just in the last two episodes it fell down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, just upset that they didn't bring in friggin' uh, Moon Knight to. No. So yeah, should have brought no. Moon Knight. Should have brought in. Uh, I was surprised Rhodey wasn't in it. That Rhodey. was a weird one. Yeah, I was expecting no, Rhodey in, to be the engineer. He's in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I know, but I was expecting him to be the engineer at the end, the one who helps Monica Rambeau. Because they're both African American. Oh. See, so you're, I'm making connections like the people on Reddit and Fortune. Yeah. 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 Have I told you about the bell curve? <laughs> that was too close to me. I'm going to spoil. You know Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. The guy with the wings yeah. is an obscure Marvel hero called Falcon. I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit deeper than that. Oh, yeah. You know the guy that he's talking to in Marrakesh where he's repairing his cat, his bat suit, his, like, his wings? The little boy. Yeah. The, no, not the little boy. The, the younger man. Yeah, he's, he's a tiny little army. boy. He's got oh, baby. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. It's fake. He looks like a twelve-year-old. He is actually the Falcon in the comics. He eventually takes no. up the mantle. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Little insider, little bit of insider trading no. for you there. Yeah, um, but I give uh, Wonder the Vision a have red hands on their faces. Yeah, um, yeah. But they've done red hand in Daredevil. Yeah, they did. Maybe it's hand again. The hand. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe they're going to give someone a handy or a reach oh. around. More on that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things I really liked is how derpy. US agent looked in the first episode of Winter Soldier. Uh, not Winter Soldier, Favon uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. I liked the fact that he came out and was like, oh, I'm Captain America, guys. And I was like, oh, you poor sweet thing. You're going to drift into fascism perfectly. Don't worry about it. Because <laughs> I've been reading the, um, I've been reading some of the US agent comics. Mm. And he was most recently in Forceworks, which was part of the Iron Man 2020 event. And, uh, and in that, he is literally like, everyone's like, oh, fuck, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> like to his face, I'm just like you're a prick. It's like I may be a prick, but 
Ah, I'm a prick, aren't I? <laughs> and he's not allowed the vibranium sh- shields anymore because somehow he broke one, like, way back in the 80s in one of his runs. So he keeps getting these cheap shit ones that break all the time. He goes to, like, this little bumpkin village and everybody's like, oh, it's Captain America, it's Captain America. Don't even know this isn't the same costume. <laughs> like, yeah, Captain America's like, hey, guys, hey, they don't fucking do. touch that kid. <laughs> well, they should have done Falcon and Winter Soldier is basically just peep show, but with Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> They're just living together. I, genuinely, I like the way it's up straight away. Like, the first episode's really strong. Mm. I like the fact that they've resisted the urge to go, here's an action scene for you, here's an action scene for him. It's literally like, this is Falcon doing, like, his army support shit. And then it drifts over, and it's it's just Bucky dealing with the fact that he's fucked, basically. And Bucky gets an action sequence. Does he? Yeah, there's a whole dream oh, yeah, sequence thing where he murders... The murder. What yeah. would have been smarter there, not to spoil that first episode, was... If they didn't explicitly say that he had murdered this guy's kid, and if you eventually find out, no, he didn't murder the guy's kid, he is genuinely just a friend with this guy, but now he's crossing names off his list. It is such a hokey, like, it's such a hokey, like, um, it's every single story of redemption is Mm. this. Mm. And, like, that's fine, because I like the fact that he had a date scene. And it is the most awkward fucking date in the world. Like, he's not, like, some super charming guy. Should have gone to dance Charleston down at the, um... Down at the Y. <laughs> the knees! <laughs> More his thing. I like the whole, um... He can't tell people he's got a robot arm. He's just like, he's just like, oh, i got blood pressure. Like, just say I've got just a prosthetic. Like, I've got a prosthetic, yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Iron Man tech exists. This is the world with Iron Man tech. Like, yeah, but in the Marvel comics, like, there is a big... Def- like, one of the things that they talk about, especially with Rhodey... If it's not the comics, it's a TV show. No, I know, but I think that this is going to suddenly come into it more as soon as they go towards Secret Wars and then Armor Wars. Because they're doing Armor Wars, aren't they? They've already said that they're doing that. Well, then, and like, yeah. yeah. Like, there's loads of people trying to um, backwards engineer Stark Tech. Because, like, you look at Lo- Rhodey's legs and stuff and he's got those really crazy braces to help him walk and shit like that. But you'll still see people walking around that are missing a leg and have just a traditional prosthetic. That's bullshit. And the whole thing is, yeah, the whole thing is that Stark, like, obviously treated his friends differently to other people. It wasn't made widely available because it was using arc reactor tech and, like, stuff that just shouldn't be available to normal people. Uh, But at the same time, the people he could help with those prosthetics, you've sort of, like, you've got to juggle it. And also, you've got to remember Wakanda is exactly the same. They're in the exact same situation. They have this incredible tech where they can heal most illnesses and look after people but they don't reveal it to the rest of the world because it's a finite resource and at the same time they have to ensure that they're looking after their people first above everything else <coughs> bunch of bum holes yeah they are but yeah I uh, gave uh, WandaVision a Rebecca Hall and your review a what? your review gave you a what? a Rebecca Hall from Iron Man 3 she's incredibly good in almost everything she does and then she made Iron Man 3 oh she got shot in the head yeah she did she just didn't really get much to do and that mm. wasn't her fault but it wasn't a great role for her I think they probably promised her that it would be similar to the comics which are a little bit more there's a little bit more to it there's a little bit more meat to the uh... I don't care about what happens in the comics you kids today and you this happens in the comics so this is how it has to be fuck off with that bullshit you fucks right I'm gonna review Carmen Rider Zero One more Power Rangers yeah because I watched it finished it yeah it's the last year's friggin' Carmen Rider show um the first of the Reiwa era so it's a new era, because Japan's in the Rei Warrior now. The Heisei era ended, didn't it? The Emperor abdicated, and so they've got a new Emperor now. And it's the Rei War era. Um, but Zero One, it's about a young lad. Yeah. By the name of Hiden Aroto. Who? Hiden Aroto. 
His granddad dies. His granddad was the a billionaire who ran this AI corporation that made um, robots called Humor Gears. What? That were basically AI androids designed to help people out and, you know, work as nurses and doctors and, you know, work in various businesses. Like someone, you know, they need some need someone to help out of their business, you know, in a role and they, for whatever reason, can't hire someone. Mm. Um, you know, they, they buy a humor, humor gear that's been coded to do that job. Um, and basically there's a whole bunch of former, well, they are humor gears. They're humor gears. There was a big, years ago, some big evil AI that was in their original satellite that they planned to launch into space went evil because the AI, you know, like the whole thing with AI, where it's only as good as what you code into it. Yeah. And the AI didn't learn the compassion side of humanity. It learned only to wipe out Ultron, basically. Mm. And it caused this massive you know, explosion that wiped out an entire city, killed thousands of people I mean, and loads of humor gears. That's, that's pretty good guy. And there's a few humor gears that were there, and they're part of a terrorist organization called Mitsubo Jinrai. And they're basically waiting for humor gears that are working to reach singularity, which is something they're capable of doing. They can, you know, become self-aware or, you know, get wants and needs and, you know, be more human than they were before. And the moment they reach that, they pop a belt on them and turn them into a monster. And it's Arato's job, who's now taken over for the corporation after his granddad died, to fight them. Because as president, he gets access to the Zero One driver. Okay. I guess his, his granddad didn't use it because his granddad was like 70. I mean, um, does it not make you stronger <clears throat> and faster? No, I mean, it, the original Kamen Rider's like 70-something, but like, you know, he, he's retired basically. Yeah. Um, and he went big and bulky. Oh, right. Because yeah. he was noticed to be fat. Didn't Arnie. But um, Aruto, you know, he fights the monsters, he frees them, they can replace them. they got the backups, so yeah. they can make new ones to replace if one gets destroyed. Um, apart from his assistant, Izu, who's a special secretary, recept- well, not receptionist, she's basically his assistant, and she's adorable, the best thing ever. Izu is best girl, as the kids say nowadays. No one says that. It sounds creepy. They, they do. It's weird. It's creepy. Yeah. But, but if you watch it, you'd be like, yeah, she's best girl. <laughs> um, I would say something that I find quite creepy. She's fantastic. She I'm has, sure she's, is she very attractive? Is that what you're trying to say? lovely. She's very attractive. Yeah, and you get two of her in the show. Is she of age, Anne? She's like 20. Okay. Possibly. I mean, she's a robot, so she's like one. No, don't play <laughs> the lolly card on me. <laughs> but um, no, she... She does like great stuff. Like whenever Arato, Arato poses, yeah, and does his, she joins zero in one. on the pose. Yeah. yeah, she joins in the pose, but has camera awareness, so she always <laughs> she always pops flexing. into perfect position wherever the camera is, even if it makes no sense for the shot. Like for, <laughs> like if Arato was doing when Arato tells a joke, he does this thing with that's an Arato joke, Arato Raito. Yeah, um, and he points forward. Now the camera, if it's off to the side, she will still pop into a side position to do the point, <laughs> so that you know, so it joins in the camera shot. Not bad. Not um, bad. Yeah, I like I like cam- characters who have camera awareness. It's always fun. Yeah, I, I like that in in any. It's figure just in. dumb, goofy shit. Like, it always has to be one character, and they can't tell anyone else. No, that. that's the rule of fun. But um, yeah, it's always fun. I like characters joining in with the poses as well in the yeah. background when they're not the main one. They're just off in the distance, and just, you just see them raising their arms in the air. <laughs> Because they're having fun. It was like um, that wrestling thing <coughs> I kept saying. Kept doing the Dragon Ball, the future, <coughs> the fusion dance when they came into the ring. Yeah, you got to do the fusion dance. Otherwise, you won't power up for. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um, there's great stuff where like uh, she delivers like one episode where he needs a power up. He can't beat the 
the villain they've been fighting for a few episodes. Every time he gets beaten, he's like Doomsday, he comes back stronger. Oh, yeah. Like, all his data's been kept, and he comes back, and the costume changes every week yeah. as he gets more powerful. And then uh, Superman stabs him. And it gets to the point where Arato can't beat him in his current form, but she comes up with a new improvement. And when she delivers it, you see her running down the street, like, walk running, like going at high speed with her legs only moving at walking oh, pace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when she gets into the action, you see her do a slide and she slides past and it gets to this shot where she just like slips it into his hand and waves at him <laughs> as she goes past the camera. Like smiling. dropping a 20 to a copper as you go past like, yeah. But um, it's stuff like that where she skids into combat. Um, and it's a genuinely funny show. Like the show starts off with the robot that achieves singularity is a comedian robot and his entire gag is he, he's muscly and he flexes his abs and his abs fly off. <laughs> like in little pat, like little squares. And, pfft, and all the audience love it um, and that's like your first character and Arato wants to be a comedian and he dies on stage but this robot does it much better than him and all the robot does is flex is funny um, Arato beats him he like friggin lands in a sliding kick and his ankle gives out and he just tumbles and crashes into a wall good stuff um, the only things that really bring it down the Covid delay took it out like 10 weeks before it was finishing and that's like when you're getting to this like because there's 50 odd episodes a year when you get to that 15 episode mark is when the season finale starts building up when you're when you're hitting those main story arcs and everything and because it's taken out for five weeks they basically had to rush the last 10 episodes yeah so it gets really plot twist heavy and it jumps like characters make massive leaps in their development in the space of one episode um my favorite one is one of the villains fowser um he hates like humor gears and he doesn't trust ai he's got his own technology which is still an ai technology but don't worry about it's a thing you put on your glasses and it like feeds your data google glass yeah basically um it's corrupt and stuff and he's evil but it turns out he doesn't like ai because he had a pet ibo when he was a kid well it's not called an ibo but it is the old ibo from the early 2000s yeah um and like his dad made him hate it and all this sort of I stuff. I wanted one of those when I was a kid. Yeah. And then he gets a new version of it and it's the current Ibo. Oh. And there's this whole funny... There's he... a current Ibo? Yeah, it's still going. Um, but it's not called Ibo here. It's got a different name. Can't remember calls it. But from then onwards, every now and again, he's like carrying it around and talking to it and he suddenly turns into this cutesy, goofy character. And it's just like his redemption arc. But that happens in the course of one episode. But it is quite... They spend a lot of time doing it. It's just that it's... You know, eight episodes from the end of the series, you're suddenly giving the main villain like a big redemption arc. Um, and, you know, there's loads of cool stuff. The car, the Zero One costume looks great. It's like, it's it's a grasshopper theme looking thing. It looks like it did in the, like, it's like someone took the basic idea of the original Carmen Rider and this high tech, like, motocross inspired, like, motocross gear inspired costume. It's all like black and luminous yellows and stuff. Um, couple of the extra costumes look a bit silly. The last one, one of the last ones, I mean, looks really cool. There's He, he has to come up with a new driver belt, so he becomes Zero Two. Because it's more powerful. But Zero Two is like a really cool design. Like, he even has like this little, like a little diamond-shaped red scarf bit. Like like the Kamen Riders used to have a scarf in the 70s. It's like yeah. a nice little touch on the design. Um, Does he have the rectangular belt? He has a, it's a massive freaking belt. They're always ridiculously big belts that look like they get in the way. They used to be small back in the day. Yeah. They used to have little fans on them. That was the, that was it. Yeah. That was your gimmick. It was a fan. <laughs> fan span around on it. You didn't even spin around itself. You had to blow on it. But, um, yeah, it's really cool. Though. His last costume, loads of fans complained about it 
because his last power-up was literally the original costume. It was called Realising Hopper. Mm. And it was basically it was a costume. And everyone goes, that's really stupid. Can't believe they built up to having that. And I'm like, no, don't you get it? It's like the whole last few episodes, he was losing his way mentally and losing track of what he wanted. But in the last episode, when he brings it all back and he realises what he truly wants is the thing he wanted all along, which was for humor gears and humans to live together in perfect harmony. That's why he gets the first costume again, because he's he's learnt how to embrace who he always was. And we're not getting an eyebow. I want an eyebow. They are like... Very expensive. They were like a thousand quid back in 2000. Like. Yeah, they're like three grand now, man. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't buying an eyebow. It's good, though, because they don't poo. Yeah, it's true, but... Uh, yeah, that's the one thing about dogs that sucks. Yeah. All animals have to poo, except for the eyebow. <laughs> Ultimate pet, I guess. There, zero one. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Messy, but enjoyable, and I like all the luminous colours, and the theme song's fun. Yeah, I like the theme tune. And Izu is great. Yeah. Love it. That was good timing. My phone went off on the last note. Though. Yeah, turn your phone off. Ooh. Forever. But anyway, Car Ride Zero One. Good. Good. I haven't started the new series. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Loads of people don't seem to like it. Which means I'll probably love it. Because whenever people say one of the shows sucks, I seem to love them. Mm. I'm watching Kira Major now. Machines, Machine Sentai Kira Major. Machine Sentai Kira Major. Fucking great. And it's got the guy from PPAP in it. You know Pico Taro? Pen Pineapple Apple Pen, that guy. No. You know who he is. You know Pen Pineapple Apple Pen. No idea. He has a pen. He has a pineapple. Mm, apple pen. Oh, right, because pen sounds like pine. Pen and pineapple. Pineapple apple. And he has a pen and an apple, and that's an apple pen. It's this whole thing, he combines things together. Sounds fucking stupid, but okay. You've seen Pico Taro. I have not seen that. Everyone has. He's a fucking... He's so famous, he got to be uh, um, the guy who met Donald Trump when he came to Japan. Because um, President Abe... That doesn't sound like a prize. I know. President Abe wanted to make sure that everything was fun and relaxed and a chill time for Donald Trump. I think really, President Abe just didn't want to talk to him. Yeah, he wanted to. He you wanted to use tax over there. <laughs> yeah, although he paid more tax in America in uh, Japan than he did in America for five years. So, so he paid one dollar. No, he paid one hundred fifty-four thousand holdings in Japan. Oh, that was in a year. <clears throat> holdings yeah. is dick, micro cock. Yeah. <laughs> it's micro penis. Mm. Who lost a cheese in this in this part of pubes? Um, all right, all right. I guess it's my review. It's my third review. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. Cool. Um, and I got a PS Five. Did you? I did. And uh, initially I was going to review the Terror, but I can wait to review the Terror because I'm excited to talk about PS5. I've now got both next-gen consoles, and Yeah, yeah. you've got a PS5 when you got the, the Series baby S. version Series of the next-gen console. Series S has sold very, very well, apparently. Oh. Um, it's cheap. Yeah, which is good. And it's really good. It's a good console. But anyway, so the PS5. I've got the PS5 now, Ant. And it's pretty good. Pretty good, isn't it? Pretty, pretty good. Um, I'm going to talk about the console in total review because I've only really played one game for two days. The guy who plays that calculator music liked one of my tweets Aww. when I was tweeting about his calculator music. Good job. Good job, bud. Takudan. That's almost almost famous. I read that right. I was reading it. I was trying to read the Japanese. I was like, is that Takudan? That's right. It's Takudan. Look at you go. You're learning Japanese. Mm. 
I think you're learning Japanese. I really think so. That guy's from Guildford. Um, so yeah, so uh, I've been playing Control Ultimate Edition. I've held off. I bought it on PS4 Pro like uh, January, September? No, January or December. So I bought it last year at some point or early this year. Because I know I was going to get a PS5. And it was a PS4 game. I could have played it on the PS4, but I didn't. I held off until I got PS5. And uh, I'm glad I did. Because it's fucking great. Um, I did briefly play it on the Switch. You remember when they did the cloud version? Why? I just got curious. <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh, but I did play it on the Switch, and it's fine. Um, but I have I have played it previously. There was um, Quantum Dream. Is it Quantum Dream that make it? Are those the guys that do that? Or is that that game they did? What? Who are the people that do it? That what? create... Control? Uh, yeah. It's Remedy. Remedy, that's it, sorry. And their last game was Quantum Dream. No. What was the last game? D- friggin', um What's his face? The writer guy goes to the Stephen King. Yeah, Alan Wake. No, Alan Wake wasn't the last game. Yeah, Alan Wake Remedy. Yeah, Remedy also made the game after that, which was an Xbox exclusive Quantum something. Oh, no, no one played that. I did. I bought it because I was a big fan of Remedy. No, I don't care about that game. All right, anyway, so I played Alan Wake 1 and 2. They had the American Wasteland um, update thing that was on there. So I played those two. Then I also played Quantum whatever it was with Sean Ashmore. Quantum Break. Quantum Break, that was it. Um, Quantum Break wasn't very good. Um, had some really good ideas and some interesting things, but it was mostly it was mostly a TV show rather than an actual video game. There were hours and hours of cutscenes you had to download before you could play it, and it was like literally hours. And uh, and one of the main characters in it was Littlefinger from Game of Thrones, who played the villain. Sean Ashmore was in it. Sean Ashmore was the main character. Yeah, he's um Iceman. He is, or his brother is. No, he is. Okay, his brother's the one who um, wanked off Brian Singer. And to get his brother the job as Iceman. Is that what he said? I mean, I'm just... You know, you you hear stuff. Let's not make joke about abusive people in Hollywood, because Brad Singer is a monster. Yeah. And he fucks kids. Sean Ashmore got the job in um, X-Men in, when he was 16. Yeah. I'm not going to speculate on that. I hope no abuse happened in that situation. Mm. But his obviously, brother's gay. Is he? Yeah, and an actor. They're both married to women. I don't think so. I'm sure yeah, they're both gay. straight. I thought that last time we were doing an episode, and I tried to find out, and I thought that I found out they were both straight. Anyway, that's redundant. Yeah, I'm talking about Control Ultimate Edition. So Control beard. Ultimate Edition, what? She's a beard. What? She's a beard. Oh, she has a beard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Control, really fucking good, really, really good. But, and there is a but. It <laughs> Remedy Remedy have a thing where they come up with a really good game concept. And they build technologies around that to help them tell the story of the game they're trying to make, right? So if Alan Wake, you had a very interesting system for combat in which your torch would be your first weapon and then a pistol would be used or, or a melee weapon would be used to to finish an enemy off as essentially a finisher. Like you would, the main main conceit of the whole thing is that you had to, you had to shine a torch on them the game was too creepy it was good no it wasn't it was creepy scary monster. it wasn't fucking scary. It was scary especially clouds especially big evil clouds I don't like that but, um, but yeah so Control it's really you You. Um, it was a woman looking at me at the end of a corridor in Control you start out as a person looking for a brother she last saw him many many years ago when they were young and they went um, went to a junkyard and they found a slide projector that allowed them to travel to different worlds so it would essentially whatever it projected on a wall it would it, you'd be able to travel through there 
and both of them traveled through one of them came back with um with a um with a being being that they spoke to that was positive and helped them make good decisions in their life called Polaris and helped and helped her through this game oh. um, and that's Jesse but her brother Dylan he got some sort of residue from the hiss which is the main villain of this game so hiss is like a an I'm evil sure this isn't a Saturday morning cartoon anyway so the hiss is an evil corruption that goes into your body and the reason it's called the hiss is because it sounds like gas escaping oh. it's like when you hear it like and, and that's the telltale sign and it basically transforms people depending on the type of person depending on how much they give themselves to this it transforms them into monsters who are essentially just like glowing red parts of smoke and it's up to you to stop them you got to find out what's happening and of course it all leads back to you finding out about where your brother went when you were younger why he was captured by this bureau of this investigation the control bureau is what they call it and um, adjustment bureau no uh, although Anthony Mackie uh, from Falcon Wind Soldier Matt uh, Damon Emma Damon and uh, and um, Emily Blunt from do you know who else from Marvel movies is in that film Terrence Stamp no Stark's daddy oh John Slattery yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how I know that guy's name <laughs> Uh, I'm using Mad Men. Uh, but yeah, so um, so yeah, it's really interesting. And you get like powers as you go along. You start off with a gun and you basically, you have one gun, you have one clip and the gu- the clip reloads automatically when you don't shoot. Um, and you can, you can get different adjustments so it fires different bullets. So like, you get a rocket launcher at one point, you get a sniper style shot at another point and like, you, like you the Judge Dredd gun. A bit like the Judge Dredd gun but instead of it being, um, cool. no, Think of it so the only the only bit that doesn't lawgiver. change. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Lawgiver two point No, the lawgiver goes. Yeah, but, I know, but in, you remember in Judge Dredd the Sylvester Stallone's lawgiver two so it doesn't have to look the same as the lawgiver. That was the whole joke because they didn't want to try and anyway. In this, the only thing that uh, the only thing that stays in place is the handle and the the trigger. The rest sort of shifts in different patterns to fire different types of shots. Yeah. So if you want to fire just a single bullet, it stays in one like chamber, like a like a normal looking gun. Then if you want to fire like a machine gun, it splits out into like a circle and you've got these different bits floating and it spins to fire bullets. It's really interesting. The game looks really nice. It runs in 60 frames per second, which is kind of what you want from a game like this because one of the things about Remedy games are they never really run very well. Like even Alan Wake back in the day that was a game specifically made for the Xbox 360 ran like shit in some parts of that game. It would just choke out and it would just drop. In this, just as buttery smooth, I've not had any slowdown, any issues. And, you know, for a game that was released two years ago, you'd expect this kind of performance from the consoles it was designed to run on. But was no. that two years ago? Yeah, 2018. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, time's flying, right? Nah. Um, but Cyberpunk, nah, Cyberpunk 2077 is a similar story, except that was made more recently. It doesn't work on the previous gen consoles. So it's a bit interesting. But yeah, all in all, really recommend it. And it was on uh, it was on PS Plus last month, I think. Yeah. Or the month before. Yeah. And if you didn't pick it up then, I think it's always around 20 quid now. Like, it sort of drops in price pretty, pretty often. Um, and it's really worth picking up. Really I think I claimed it but didn't download it. Yeah. I really, You'd really enjoy it because it does feel... It's a bit... Um, it's a bit like an extended episode of X-Files. It's, it's not a long game. I've almost completed it and I've been playing for like 10 hours. You've got to do all the DLC. Well, I've got to do the DLC because there's Alan Wake stuff. So I am looking forward to that. Alan Wank. Uh, all right, stop it. Stop insulting him. 
he's good, you know. Um, but I give this uh, Tom Atkins. It's really held my attention. It's been, um, other than Dirt 5, it's been like one of the only video games where I've been like, fuck, I've got to keep going. I've got to see what happens. Um, and like, everything feels good, works well. There's only been a couple of like, little gripes I've had here and there. And that's mostly with just the way that enemies can, there's a typical, well, there's a type of enemy that basically can launch grenades. And for some reason, their grenades seem to go round surfaces. It's a bit like those sniper shots where you've already gone behind cover, but you've just gone behind cover and they pulled the trigger after you've reached cover and somehow it still gets you. Like Call of Duty style shit, where it's just like, there's that little glitch here and there. You could say it's part of the can gameplay. You could do that in real life. You could say it's part of the gameplay, can you? Your review, Ant? You could curve bullets. You gotta just. Like you wanted. Do I look like James McAvoy? McAvoy. 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 Do I look like Angelina Jolie? Angelina Lowkey. Do I look like Chris Pratt before Parks and Recreation? He's kind of fat in that. He's only in it for like two seconds. He drinks Power Horse. He gets a keyboard smacked He drinks Power Horse energy drink, and they come in stubbies in America. Have you seen them? Like, you know here, we get like the 500 milliliter or 600 milliliter cans, and it's basically just a heart attack in a can. Hmm. Over in America, they do little stubbies. So it's the same width and girth, but it's just short. Weirdos. I know, right? The ones look like they're dicks, don't they? Yeah. Well, you know in, like, you know Australian beer comes in stubby bowls? Like, I don't mind those. Weirdos. They used to, that's how they used to get, like, you know, like, um, in... That's how they used to get drunk. What was, uh, what was Cobra Kai? You know Cobra Kai? He keeps buying, like, Budweiser draft, hmm. and it comes in stubbies. Like, the 80s style <laughs> with no neck. They're just, like, a dumpy little... Yeah. Your review, Anne. I've been playing Loop Hero. How is that? It's really good. You did a video on this. I did a Let's Play. Where can people find your Let's Play? On the internet. <laughs> now is it down? <laughs> Loop can, Hero. Can you put a link on the podcast thing? Yeah, I'll put a link now. It goes... Oh, no, just put a link to that video with a guy making pancakes. Making pancakes, no, making bacon pancakes. You want to make the bacon? Do you want to put some oil in? No! <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a little chef. Yeah. <laughs> he um they ordered chicken nuggets from McDonald's. And um, delivered the other day. Yeah, and he answers the door to the delivery man. Going, <laughs> and the delivery man goes, Here you go, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, little chef. <laughs> um yeah, loop hero. It's a game where there's been some sort of massive cataclysm, everything's in darkness. <gasps> is it no one RPG can remember the chance? world. No. no. No one can remember what the world is. Stuff just disappears. And oh. you play a character who seems to remember parts of the world. And at first, all they can remember is a path. And you start walking the path, and it loops around to this campsite and keep going around. It's like a top down, really old fashioned, like Windows 3.1 looking graphics, really basic pixel art stuff. And as you go, you'll bump into monsters and you kill the monsters and you'll either get weapons or you'll get cards and the cards will have environment pieces on them. So that's your character remembering stuff. So you're like, oh, there was a meadow over there. There was a mountain there. There was a village here and all this sort of stuff. And you put the cards down, you know, some of the cards have rules about where they can be placed. So some have to be placed in a loop. Some can't be placed next to something else. All this sort of stuff. And the idea is, is they can affect what happens in the world, like what enemies you encounter, what loot you get. Um, what your stats boost by and all this sort of stuff and you walk around the loop and every time you walk you just keep walking around the loop until you've created enough of the world to trigger the boss so you've like there's like a, a there's time passing as days 
and every time a day passes you get something happens like more enemies spawn or you get more health um but there's a second bar which fills up and when that's full you've remembered the world as it was mm. um and that's when the boss toes up and you fight the boss and after you beat the boss you can keep going if you want just test test your might mortal combat style um which i find tricky because it does get pretty difficult after you've beaten the boss but um yeah, and there's also a whole metagame thing where you've got a little village that you're gradually rebuilding and they don't remember stuff. Like, they they can only just remember you. It's like anything attached to you, they remember. So if you build huts and stuff, then they stay. But these people have been living there without, like, anything and they'll put down food and it'll disappear. So you have to build a farm for them and stuff like that. Mm. So you're you're trying to rebuild the life of the world. And then the game's split up in different chapters, so you'll do the loop one. You can play the loops whenever you want. Like you can go back to the first one. Each one has different stat progression stuff going on. So like enemies will bump up by a certain percentage every loop in difficulty. Or like they'll have different amounts of skills. Like the first loop they might not have any skills, and then on the first chapter, and then on the later chapter they'll have two skills, and on the third one they'll have three. Stuff like that. Um and it is it's a you know roguelike game and you know nothing's ever the same but it's kind of interesting because it's like it's all built into your character's memory so that's why it's a roguelike it's got a reason for everything to be different every time because your character's remembering things different yeah like you know it's it's not one of those ones where it's just like oh the world just changes because oh it's shifting mm. um this one's actually because of memories fading and all this sort of stuff it's yeah. it's tied in that's cool. Um, there's some interesting dialogue as well. You'll you'll bump into a monster, and they'll be like, you know, we've been. They they imply that they've been there hundreds of years. That this isn't a new thing. That you may have been doing this loop for centuries. Um, little implications and stuff. You get some characters who are like, you know, I'm gonna fight you and eat you because my children need feeding. It's a harpy, and yeah. you're like, but I don't want to fight you. And then you kill the harpy, and you're like, that's I didn't want to kill the harpy. Mm. No. Um, my favourite is I got last night I unlocked um, forests and thickets and if you put enough forests and thickets down you get like a village and it's like a village question mark and a wooden knight comes up who looks like you made out of wood mm. and he's like look mate uh, I'm a really big fan of yours quite <laughs> like your work sounds like um, don't want to fight you but I kind of have to because I ain't, can't get out of the way I'm rooted into the ground so you have to fight him to defeat him and your guy's like I really didn't want to kill him but <laughs> he, was, he was quite nice um, he counters every attack you do, so it's like you have to hope you can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's a good old game. It's really interesting. It's full of hidden gameplay mechanics, stuff it doesn't tell you about. It'll it'll set you up with the basics of how to complete a loop and how to place pieces down, and it does that as a tutorial when you exit back to the camp. And then from them on, it's like you're on your own, figure stuff out yourself, like. You figure out eventually, I figured out fairly quickly that if you put rows of rocks and then in the middle put rows of mountains, you create a, ba- a mountain peak. Yeah. And that will be what spawns harpies. Oh, if you get okay. a treasury, every time you place an item next to a treasury, you get a random item from the treasury, like materials for building stuff back at the camp. Yeah. But if you put something on every square around the treasury, the treasury empties and you start getting gargoyles that attack the villages. So there's all sorts of ways that you can manipulate stuff and. 
mess with things. I'm trying to figure out what happens with sand dunes because I've got desert and sand dunes and there's got to be something yeah. going on. Um, and I've placed down tons of them on one map and it didn't trigger anything. So I'm thinking there's something about how you arrange them. Yeah. I'll figure out. That's we'll pretty give cool. It all sorts of tries. It's all, you know, it's kind of like, it's, my, it's... you know how Minecraft was like when you play it on PC, the proper version of Minecraft. Yeah. The Java version, it doesn't tell you much and you have to figure out how to make the tools and stuff. Well, you know, like at, like the Android phone version is now the only real pure version, isn't it? No, you get a Java edition the original oh yeah yeah I guess actually the Pi yeah. edition as well still the Java one as well yeah most that's PC versions mostly is the only one that isn't is the one you get off Windows 10 store because that's the bedrock one which is the console version yeah. um, but Java's still got the whole thing where you have to know how to place the P- what you know how to place the pieces down the grid yeah. so it's, it reminds me of that in that it doesn't <coughs> teach you stuff and you, you learn them as you go along you know and there's loads of little techniques you'll figure out like Meadows give you a two hit points per day when the day cycle goes past. But if you place a meadow next to not something else, it'll become a blooming meadow and you'll get three hit points a day. No. Which doesn't sound like much, but when you put down loads of meadow cards... You've got loads of hit up. points every day. Yeah, and I've got loads of envi- different environments now because I've got the thickets and the deserts. But if you have mountains, rocks, deserts, thickets and all that sort of stuff in your deck, you can only have a certain amount of cards in your deck. Yeah. You've got less chance of getting certain ones. But what you can do is you can use those terrain types to spec towards certain things. Okay. So you could go pure attack speed by putting forest cards down, get rid of the other ones, and just have forest as the only environment card, and your character will be attacking so fast that enemies don't stand a chance against you. Yeah. Deserts reduce their hit points, so you okay. could spec towards that so your enemies stay weak. Mm. Um, I kind of think you need the meadows no matter what. The So you're getting their hit points every day, because it can get pretty tricky... And the only other way to recover hit points is either completing a loop or um, getting, you know, a lot of regen and stuff. And it's kind of, you need to keep your hit points up. Yeah. But you can spec stuff towards having so much regen that you're recovering, but your hit points are constantly moving back up every time you take a hit. Mm. Um, And it's usually, I find, if you can get to the point where you're going to spawn a boss, enemies aren't going to be too much trouble until you get to the boss. The bosses can be friggin' nightmares. But there's all sorts of little things you gradually get to improve it. The Necromancer is a class I unlocked the other day. It's fun as heck. You, the Necromancer itself doesn't really fight. He summons a skeleton. And you can improve the quality of the skeletons, which gives you different like armoured versions or knife-wielding versions and stuff like that. Um, you can improve how many skeletons you can spawn. So you start off only spawning two. But um, you can sp- if you spawn any more than four, you get like extra skeletons at the back that can't be damaged. You fire arrows. Oh, cool! It's quite cool. Um, but it's like it's all sorts of stuff like that where you can you could build up an army of skeletons just. So it was two D side scrolling. No, it's overhead no, view. It's, it's a lockdown view. It's like looking yeah. at an old friggin' strategy game on the on yeah. a Windows three point one or something like Ultima stuff like that. Mm, probably older. <laughs> <laughs> it's very old fashioned looking. I love yeah. it. But um, it's I know it's been like doing a lot of loads of people have been into it and they've been yeah they're talking about console versions already because it's only it's only been out a week and a half like two weeks and yeah they sold like five hundred thousand copies in the first week. Music's fantastic and it people are going to be covering that on the internets over the next weeks. I think they probably didn't have a chance to jump on it right away because friggin the game came out of nowhere. Um, what I found out about it is the game was a game jam game that they didn't manage to to submit to the deadline in time. It was like an idea they had for a game jam, but they missed out on submitting it, so they just carried on working on it afterwards because they thought they had a really cool idea. Yeah. And now it's a full game that you could buy for like twelve pounds something. It's quite cheap. Twelve forty nine dollar pounds. And I like it. And you should too. If you don't like it, you're a bastard. 
Huh. Game Grumps is trending for very bad reasons. Oh, no. What have they done? Dan might be a pedo. Oh, Dan. Yeah. That ruins a lot of stuff I like. Oh. Fuck. All right. Anyway. Your last review. Don't know what it be. Ah, well. Yeah. yeah. Do you not? Do you not know what I'm going to review? Ah. I'm going to review something that a review, as long as the film is the only way to justify my feelings about it. That's right, I watched the Snyder Cut. The Sack Snyder Cut. Um, Jesus, four hours, and Four hours and two minutes, when the film's actually only three and a half hours fucking long, and half an hour of that is an epilogue, and then another hour is slow motion, so it's actually, t- it's actually just a two and a half hour long film. It's fucking madness. But anyway... So, a few years ago, a film was released called Justice League that you liked. You thought it was cheesy and stupid and fun, and I did not like. I didn't say it was good. No, but you liked it. There's yeah. a difference between something being good and liking it, you know. And um, and anyway, so uh, I did not like Justice League. I liked Batman vs Superman because I tried to justify that by saying for me that game is that film is just a mess, but it's a fun mess to me. Um, but at least like every single frame of that looked incredible. Like it was the kind of thing that, <clears throat> I think I said to you the other day, it's the kind of thing where you could chop it up and put speech bubbles in. You could probably tell the comic story through just images from that film. Uh, whereas the Justice League we got a few years ago felt a bit weird. And that feeling hasn't changed between the new one and the Snyder cut. They both have that same feeling that they, they weren't, there aren't as many shots in this that I would say are beautiful. Like they're not like shots where you see something and it fully explains what you're looking at. Like you look at a shot of Batman in his destroyed car and Superman's looming above him, and you you the whole story's told in that scene. Whereas with this, so many shots are just of an individual reacting to something off screen, or of someone. Like a lot of the additional shots, I think that I walked in the other day whilst you were watching it, and you were on that scene where it's just Alfred making tea. While talking to Diana, which is a very pointless scene. Like, in the grand scheme. That's the scene when she gets a phone call from Cyborg. (laughs) Exactly, but she could have got a phone call from anywhere. And there's that scene, it's the bit where um, she goes to visit Cyborg and he just. He just flies down into the street in Cyborg, yeah. not even hiding nope. or anything. He just shows up. And the Joss Whedon version had him walking out of an alley wearing like his hoodie, hoodie and, and everything. Stuff, yeah. You know, a bit more covert yeah. than just flying into the street. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are scenes that, that make no <clears> fucking sense. There are scenes that I like that have been added. Some of the Cyborg stuff I did like. Mm. I know that you said that like it'd be nice if he had you know, learned how to use his powers, explored what he could do now as Cyborg, instead of just living, listening to a dictaphone and learning from his dad's yeah. words of wisdom. Um, I think that that scene would have played exactly the same, if not better. The Snyder, though, he, wants, he just tells you stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that scene would have played better if instead of him saying, like if instead of the dictaphone playing in the background, you just had Cyborg doing that stuff. Yeah. I can see all of the banks. I can see all of the money. I can see everything that's happening right now. I can see planes. Mm. I can see nukes. You know, and then had him say, there's a person who's struggling. And like him being able to, and then you see that like he suddenly opens up and he sees like hundreds of people struggling. He's just like, he does the same thing with all their bank accounts. Just gives them all a fucking load of money. Mm. Um, I mean, like the problem with Zack Snyder is that he does very much think of the individual and individual responsibility. So he sees that move where he's just giving that woman a hundred grand. He's like, Oh, I'm sure that's how much a house costs and how much someone <laughs> needs for their life. Like, instead of just being like, it, money doesn't matter. This is this is one of the things that I, I, I fucking... This is one of the things I thought of whilst watching this. So it's four hours long and you've got to think to yourself, there is so much here that just doesn't need to be here and there's so much 
crap. But one of the things that I can The film would be sped up if, like... Okay, so if you're doing a film and one of your characters' main thing is that he moves really fast and your choice to display how fast he moves is slow to motion. use slow motion. Yeah. Don't use slow motion for everyone. Don't give a sesame seed a slow motion shot. So... <laughs> Because is, now your special fast moving guy isn't so special. There's a scene, you know, the Wonder Woman fight in the bank. Yeah, I didn't the like art the, the new version. I you didn't it was like better the, new the original. I didn't like the original version. I thought it was better than the new version. One of the things I liked in the new version was that the freaking guy reloads his gun. And that's says, the thing I like hated. lambs to that's, a slaughter. That's what I hated. I hated the fact that she could clearly have stopped him at multiple points in that in that altercation and she just didn't. She decided to claim to give her a bracelet instead of just kicking him in the fucking face. She loves clanging the bracelet. Like, I, and, but, but that's not what I liked. I liked the fact that he went to fire on all those people and she just stopped every bullet. And it like... It, it did just, that in the original one. It's just that it was done in like slow motion. It looked cool. Yeah. It didn't look cool in slow motion. Hmm. It looked cooler and sped up when you can actually see yeah, it's like a the feet. one time Stack Snyder doesn't slow, show in slow motion. Yeah, that's was what I mean. The moment where that's you need to show her ability to sense things faster. But you could see it in clearly when it was happening there. There's a bit where one of the Amazonians runs away from the collapsing room yeah, thing yeah, there, yeah, the yeah, Cuban, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's running slow, but the rocks are falling down at normal speed. I know. Yep. Yep. Really irritating me that shot. I don't understand why those mother boxes are all on fucking plinths. Yeah. Does that? One of them was inside a load of clay, and it yeah. that looked far more secure to yeah, me. Yeah, just hide it. Yeah, I mean, it, granted, like forgive what's the thing called Snyder cut? He would have just punched it. And also, the boom tube can just cut through stuff. Mm. Like they show, like there are holes in stuff with uh, the boom tube. It doesn't. Tube it's, there's, there's no holes in the ceiling after it goes. I'm pretty sure there's a shot where you see. Well, like, if it does, boom. it's not consistent. No, it's probably not. Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's already a hole in the ceiling in that Amazonian yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, it definitely it definitely doesn't leave a hole in the ceiling in a bunch of situations. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of my biggest problems with with Batman's characteristics in this as well is he is someone so determined to stop crime in Gotham, so determined to prevent. Imagine criminals. writing Batman as the hopeful character. But here's my problem with that: Batman has infinite money, so yeah. if he wanted to stop crime in Gotham, he could just make sure everyone could afford food, yeah. make sure everyone their housing was, you know. Relatively cheap or not free or for maybe just an idea. Pay to have um, brandings removed from people, you know, surgery yeah, to remove yeah, brandings that someone like, did. Imagine, imagine if Batman just went free healthcare for everyone in Gotham. You don't need to rob anyone anymore to get money for your health, your, your pills and shit. Free housing. You don't need to rob anyone to pay. There's electric cars out there that yeah, Joker cars, wants. Free, free public travel, transport, and also businesses will pay. Like businesses that move here. They'll, they'll get green energy, so there'll be tax benefits. Nah, he builds a monorail. But instead, yeah, he builds a fucking monorail and he lets everything... <laughs> dad built a monorail. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, isn't it? If you've got infinite money and you're only trying to improve 10 square miles, just fucking fix it, mate. Mm. But, um, freaking... I don't know, you're talking about DC Universe and... I'm talking about it from the perspective Batman, of someone... Batman's like, lost all hope in Batman v Superman. Yeah. And Superman dying triggers Batman to somehow gain hope. No, in my head. In and my the head. idea that out of your DC universe, Batman is your hopeful character <laughs> and my, he's the one who makes jokes. In my head, at the beginning of this film, I like the reason I thought Batman was so cheerful and so happy was like, I thought they'd gone, I can kill anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never need to worry. I can kill them all. <laughs> it just unlocked that part of his brain. Um, God, okay. So yeah, I, I liked the four-hour cut of Justice League. It's still, like when I say like, it is a middling to okay film. It's not great. It's not a masterpiece. It's the stuff where I 
there's like stuff in the Joss Whedon version I think works better. Yeah, but the like, Joss Whedon version is a confused mess, whereas this yeah. is a singular vision. I think my problems with the Joss Whedon version fall fall down to like it was chopped to pieces. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It and, feels like exactly what it is. Yeah. Film made by two different directors with two different goals. And the problem I have with the new film is that it doesn't feel like it was an original vision. This feels like they took all the feedback from what happened with Josh Whedon's... Because Josh Whedon didn't shoot that much of that film. It was mostly just footage that was chopped to fuck. There's loads of stuff I know people kept claiming Whedon shot. And, and it's still in this. It still is, yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's clearly Zack Snyder did have a vision. And a lot of that vision was in those scenes in the original Justice League. And people ripped it to fucking shreds. Mm. So obviously he's gone okay, I need to correct this. And he's used that original release to be almost like a focus group to make this film. Because every single frame of this film is something that I can see someone who is one of those fucking stupid chuds that was sitting in their basement sending rape and death threats to women to try and get this made. I can see every one of them going, yeah, finally, the Flash goes backwards in time and Cyborg has all the money and then his daddy dies, but he has the money and he gives the money and they I think like, all that stuff was in there originally. Like, like, he didn't shoot that much. Not much got reshot. I think the only stuff that actually got reshot was all the stuff in the epilogue. And all of the Batman shit. You can tell when the Batman reshoots happen. No, it's still the same. Bruce, Bruce, Ben Affleck, sorry, does not expand at the rate of light. He, he changes physically quite a bit between scenes. Like, I think he reshot a lot of that original, like, Maybe fishing scene. They took scene. out all of um, the jokes. That fishing village scene? No, that the, a lot of the fishing village scene, there was a whole reshoot with Joss Whedon. For that, because his hair changes. Yeah. In the okay. Okay. And also, what the fuck is up with those singing women? Why does that need to be in there? It's because um, he didn't know a song that he could put over it. He thought maybe it was too early in the film to put Hallelujah in there. That just didn't make any fucking sense. It felt like it was from a different movie. Because oh. Bruce Wayne wouldn't stand there and be like, "Here's a good question: What would happen job, to the plot is- of the film if you removed Aquaman? Not much. Nothing at all. No." Because no. he kind of fails to do anything. In fact, Mirror is the person who's going to survive for Mira, the apocalypse yeah. world, isn't it? Why not Orm? That's a good point. Yeah, Orm's on a redemption arc. He's got a shiny mask. That, I, that I apocalypse see. scene. I... And spoilers for the end of the film, but loads of people keep saying... <laughs> it's not the end of the film. That's yeah. just an add-on. It's a deleted but scene. But loads of people keep saying, oh, it's the greatest Joker and Batman scene ever. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. It it's is. like two teenagers it trying is. to out-edge each other. Yeah. It's Batman's going, when Harley Quinn was dying... And she said to why kill you. Why does he suddenly you. care about Harley Quinn? And I'll fucking kill you. Why he tried he... to drown her in yeah, suicide. Why does he care about Harley Quinn? He just because Harley Quinn's a good girl now. Oh, is she good now? Which she wasn't before they shot Justice League, though. Which is why this is clearly extra stuff. But um, that's what I mean. Loads of the, the shit idea. Like this that. is the thing. The idea that Zack Snyder's setting up his trilogy of movies. They want to make a Man of Steel too. So what's what's going to be the art for Superman that he friggin' dies, gets brought back to life, and then goes evil? Because that's what he says the next few films were meant to be about. Well, apparently about he's going to be corrupted by the anti-life equation. By the mm. way, that's not what the anti-life equation is. If anyone's ever read a fucking DC comic, just so you're aware, is the anti-life equation is what it sounds like. It kills people. Mm. And then it returns them as husks. Not as parademons, which is interesting because if you don't have the fucking anti-life equation yet, how the fuck have you got all those fucking parademons, you dumb cunt? Who the fuck came up with this script? It wasn't written There's by There's loads me. of messy stuff. Like, it seems like they forgot where they left the mother boxes. Yeah, that happened a couple of times. Mm. Um, also, the designs are different between each mother box. I don't think that's meant to be the case. Mm. So, you know, the mother box that the humans have is completely, completely flat. It's like completely black. 
No, it's almost... That's how they look like in their neutral state, but they had casings around them. But the other ones... Did they also have casings? Yeah, all of them did, because the human one had a the one that looked like three sh- shields on each side, originally. And you see um, what's-his-face from Terminator yeah. 2 opening it. And um, that was an amazing scene because did you see it bend like rubber? Hmm. He cut it and then it went like woo! Yeah, that's made of rubber. That's why. <laughs> made of rubber in the why did he have to be in that century. room to destroy to heat up the mother box? So Cyborg would be upset. But why couldn't he be? He was just like, okay, it's my last chance to emotionally torture him. Because I assume that that's as a safety precaution. Son, that's meant to be outside. I will always let you down. <laughs> Son. This is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he had to be. I mean, I guess yeah, he wanted to stay away from. He, he wanted to stay from Steppenwolf. The, but is, the room's the glass. The door wouldn't close any quicker. He if just he was saw Steppenwolf cut through a metal door like it was. But- <laughs> exactly. Like it would have taken less time if the controls were on the outside for him to just go out, grab the controls, have the door closed whilst he presses. Why the Why do laser bounce all over the place? Because the, apparently it reflects it, even though it doesn't. It absorbs heat. But it didn't reflect anything earlier. No. When they heat up the thing, he just shot it. Doesn't in the make thing. any fucking sense. And then Ryan Choi. Friggin I'm the atom. Why are they setting up the second atom? <laughs> they haven't even got the first. I don't, I don't fucking know. I do think it's suspicious how Joss Whedon basically cut down every person of colour from the yeah. film. But that's Joss Whedon. What, what Ray Fisher has said about that whole interaction, like I'm not going to comment on that like too too much because I don't really know. But I'm I'm inclined to believe Ray Fisher <laughs> from the stuff that's coming out about Josh, Josh mm, Whedon, yeah. like especially when it comes to. So you know Buffy, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the second series. That's that second, that second Slayer. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Buffy died. The African this, one. Yeah, the African lady. Apparently, her exit was going to be a lot more um, rapey uh, and stuff. Like, there's just he's just he's not a nice guy. No. Cheats on his wife and he's horrible to women. He's not allowed around young girls when they're on set by themselves and shit like that. It just none of it's none of it's good stuff. Um, it's been a bad week for bad week for Pervans. They're all mm. getting exposed again. Um, but yeah, like I, I think Ray Fish is better in this. Um, but I, again, I have to ask questions. Like, I don't know why Zack Snyder decided to replace his entire body except for half his face. I don't know why that needs to happen. CGI the whole thing. Yeah, it that looks doesn't terrible. Make, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look good. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't look human. That's what I feel like on the Joss Whedon one. There was that scene at the end where he's, um, he's remodeled his body. Oh, he makes it thicker, doesn't he? Look a bit more human. Well, right, it's all smoothed out and stuff. Yeah. He doesn't look like a friggin. Graphics card. Yeah, prism. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there are there are a lot of issues. But people people apparently love this. I don't think people love it. I think that it's different from the original. It's no, better. I've seen people saying it's the best superhero movie ever. Well, made they're fucking wrong. Giving it ten out of ten. Oh god, my like my favorite thing so far has been that someone was like was like if Thanos and Darkseid were to have a fight, Darkseid would win so quickly. And I just kept thinking to myself. You know, how do you get to be an adult and ask who would win a fight between yeah, two fighting characters? Like, I did. I, I on Twitter, someone had got into a massive like they were literally there were two people having a pissing competition, and I put just at the bottom my response like it had gone quiet for about five minutes. So I just put, you know what, guys, I reckon my dad could beat your dad up. So fuck you. <laughs> like Why does it take three hours for the characters in the film to say we've got a plan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three um, hours into your four-hour film, that's when they finally get a plan. Why is it when they're making a plan for how they're going to revive Superman, which seems like a thing superheroes shouldn't really do? Maybe the villain should have done it. Mm. Um, but why is it when they're making a plan to revive Superman, it cuts away to a scene with Mark Kent and Lois, where Mark Kent's trying to convince Lois that she should get her job back? Why? And then it goes back to them trying to discover something. Why does Superman, a being that has never been on Krypton mm. and never lived anything but a human life, when he comes back, reverts to 
super-powered killing machine who knows quite easily how to use every single ability he has. Even though he can't remember his name or who he is or who his friends are. Why does he always go back to his fucking Kryptonian ship? The farm is where he goes to. Um, Superman is what he can do. Clark Kent is who he is. So this is this is basically for me. This is a film of it didn't need to. Zack Snyder doesn't understand. It didn't need to be in this frame. Like it didn't need to be in this. What's it? The the um didn't need to be scaled the way it is. Mm. Didn't need that. Like that just looks weird. Yeah, all the shots are quite clearly shot for widescreen. Yeah, yeah, and they've just. And again, I know it's the IMAX frame. It's not. I reckon there's a cut somewhere where they've just got the sides still on. I don't think no. I think they just they just unmasked it because when you shoot with a, okay when you shoot with most cameras it does shoot in a square yeah because lenses are round the light goes into it it goes through the a sensor square yeah most of the time but um you just mask it yeah. like when you look at a shot on set they don't look on a widescreen monitor at the time they're looking on a PVM or something yeah it's a square image and there'll be like markers showing the ratios so they can frame the shot for those ratios yeah um they've just unmasked it there's shots that it's quite clearly unmasked yeah like it just doesn't need to be. Look, it, well, I wouldn't be surprised if they digitally removed a bunch of boom mics and frigging parts yeah. and replaced parts of the set. Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't, didn't, need, to be, with, um, it didn't it? need to look like that. It didn't need to be four hours long. Mm. It didn't need to have so much slow motion. If there was a Flash and Cyborg film before this, you would have saved about twenty minutes off the film for an both hour, characters. An hour, maybe yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Why is both Cyborg's and Flash's backstory, origin, introduction involve a car crash? Why why are people calling for an Aquaman and Flash movie as if they were somehow friends in this? Mm. I don't think they interacted once. No. Um I it's just yeah, like I said, it's just a movie a bunch of whys. Like I watched I watched a film like The Irishman for four hours and I understood the time that had gone past, I understood what was happening, I understood why it was such a long story. You know, as a really mm. you know, there was a lot to tell. And I understood why it ended the way it ended. I can't say any of that for Justice League. I don't know how long it's meant to be covering in terms of days, weeks, or months. No. I don't know. I don't know where, like, half of the scenes... Why half the scenes are in the film. The scenes seem to be in a random order a lot of the time. Yes. It's weird. It just... There's just loads of things that will just cut away to completely different stuff going on with no connective tissue. You don't need Martian Manhunter in this film at all. No. There's about half hour gone there. It's not. It's about five minutes because Marshall Manhunt is barely It's about 15 minutes. And no one remembers the fucking general from Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And also, Lois, once again, treated like shit in a film. (laughs) Like, I was kind of interested in the idea that she'd quit her job. She had just been a mess. Because obviously, this person, she adored this person who not only was her lover, but was also somewhat of like an infinity cheat. You know, like invincibility and vulnerability. The world (laughs) was safe as long as he existed. Was now gone. (laughs) I can understand how that would, that would fuck you up. In this, she's just like, well, I'm just going to the going to see the memorial that someone smashed every. I'm just going to go see that every day and then uh, not work, I guess, because I'm rich apparently. Mm. Like, well, she's a Pulitzer Prize winner. At least they didn't have the scene where he goes back to work and's like, "Hi, I'm Clark Kent. I was dead, mm. but I'm back again." Um, there was the the epilogue's pointless because there's not going to be a sequel. Also, whoever keeps saying that he was going to make two films from the Justice League, I'm sorry, he can't even make fucking one. This isn't one film. This is this is this is at most half an idea. But like, it's supposed to be split in two. That's what they always claim. But where would you end the first half? Well, this is the first half. That's what I think he's going. No, at. no, this is supposed to be both halves. It can't be. Yeah. 
but where would you where would you end it? Would you end it when they go and rescue the scientists from the friggin' Is that the big finale? Because that's terrible. Yeah. That's still bad. It's still not. That's good. the bit that's actually better in the Joss Whedon version. I know people complain about it. The well, whole I don't know how to. Well, there's the whole bit where it's like I don't know how to go into battle. battle, and he says, "Look, you rescue one person and you get them out, and then what? You'll know." And that's like that's a. Doesn't he say which one? Yeah, he's uh, he just rescued doesn't matter. No. Oh. He's, but in the just oh. but that was a good character stuff. Is like you'll get in there, you'll know. But in this one, instead, they got him slowly hobbling everyone up the stairs, and he keeps buzzing around, going, "Come on, move faster, people!" It's like grab him, move him. Yeah. I'm sure Zack Snyder thinks that um, friggin' the Flash would couldn't move him because it'd kill him, and I'm like, no, it's, don't. It's... Also, why is he brushing her fucking hair when she when he's saving her? That was creepy. Stealing a wiener. That was. Gross. Did you save the guy in the truck? No, no. he's dead. Yeah, yeah he exploded, didn't he? Some hero wiener explosion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to go play with the puppies. Um... <laughs> Do you know the um, the line where Superman picks up Batman? He goes, "Do you bleed?" And that's like yeah, a yeah, nice yeah, little yeah, callback yeah, yeah, to Batman v yeah. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Zack Snyder thinks it's bad because ba- because this is the reason why he didn't put it in the film. Yeah, um, was because Superman knows Batman bleeds because Superman's because Batman's human. I mean, like that's not that's not the point, mate. That's no, not, it's not the point. It's not the point. He's meant to be dehumanizing him. He's meant to be treating him the way that he treated him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. I tell you, it's, I've said many times. Snyder's only read one comic, Superman comic, and it's, it was yeah. the Dark Knight Returns, yeah, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> and he didn't understand it. He probably remembers the Dark Knight Returns again. <laughs> Yeah, oh, good. Dark Knight Strikes Back, Strikes yeah. Again. Yeah, it's just terrible. And Dark Knight Returns Again, isn't there a fourth one? Dark, I can't remember what the third one's called. There's three of them. No, there's four of them now. No, there's three. There's the third one. one was recently. Oh, okay. The third one I've got downstairs. Yeah, it was just terrible. It was too bound from Forbidden yeah, Planet it Delivered. Awful. It's the one with the really weird art. And... Yeah, well, no, it's the one with the where Superman gets shorter again. He's like four foot tall and he's just six foot wide. Yeah, because <laughs> um, Frank Miller's lost it. Well, the Max was the last time I saw a character design like that and it worked. Mm. And that was in the 90s. Uh, but yeah, it's just a mess. It's still just a mess. But at least it's a mediocre mess now. It's not like a subpar mess. It's a mediocre mess. But again, you prefer the Joss Whedon one, which is fine. I don't prefer the Joss Whedon one necessarily. I think because this feels more like a film made by one director and it feels more coherent yeah. in the sense that it's one... It's not coherent in the sense of story. It's no. freaking disaster in the sense of storytelling and filmmaking and stuff. But yeah. At least it feels more like a film in this one, whereas the other one I just kind of find it amusing because it's such a state. Mm. Um, there's some stuff I liked in this one over the Joss Whedon one, obviously. Yeah, um, I like the bit where Flash is stopping all the rubble on the people, and he's like flicking around like crazy. Yeah, he misses some. I like that because yeah. that's like that's what it would look like to people. It'd be you mm. know you see shadows popping through the light of the Flash jumping around. Um, you know stuff like that's really cool. Um, I prefer how the ending sequence, the action scene works because it's not all red. That was horrible. Um, I don't know why all the characters jumped in for half a second to line up against the Batmobile when they destroyed a Russian yeah. building. Um, that was weird. In because they're just it's them doing the superhero comic book shop thing yeah. that Age of Ultron and all yeah. that did. Well, that's what I mean. But like, it was earned in that film. It was a thing that meant something in that film. It doesn't said, mean anything here. I said to you after I watched this, I said this feels like a remake of Age of Ultron but with DC characters because it does. Like you've got a character who is going to take over the world. He's building an army, or he's amassing some sort of strength. And the the two quarters part, the the two thirds into the film, you've got something like a mystery box, or you've got an opportunity to, to bring create in, life, to create life, to make a mysterious character like potentially bring mm. this thing to life because it needs to happen. There have been prophecies evolved in throughout the film. 
it's four in the original. It's Batman and everyone else in this apparently gets a mm. vision in this film, and then Why eventually does Batman get the vision. I have no idea. If anyone's going to be connected to the future, it'd be the Flash. Eventually, someone <laughs> who has the ability to harness electricity uses that power to bring someone back to life mm. with a sudden jolt into a box, you know. And then the final battle is well, it's a bittersweet. Ending. I prefer the final battle in the Joss Whedon version as well because Superman's in it. I do and I don't. I think that my problem with the final battle in this is that they have a plan. It's not clearly defined to the audience. So when Flash runs off, there's no way visually for you to know that the Flash is getting close to how fast he needs to be. You just have him running in circles no, just around the arena. he saying he can't do it any longer. Yeah, he keeps saying, oh, when's this going to be ready, Victor? When's it going to be ready? It's like, are you ready? We don't know. There's no visual feedback for us. There's no way for us to interpret no, I just like, I prefer it in the other one because when Superman turns up, he feels like Superman. Whereas in this one, he knocks um, Stephen Wolf to the ground, punches him repeatedly in the face, and then mutilates part of his head. Mm. Whatever happened to Superman, it would just lobotomize people. <laughs> Bring that back. Um, one of the things I liked in this is the underwater fight with Mirror and Aquaman with Stephen Wolf is actually something. He doesn't just suddenly turn up in Atlantis and then the mother box is gone. Mm. There is some resistance. Um, I like the fact that Mirror tries to use her powers to do something interesting. Although, once again, I think that... I don't think I'm in the minority to say that uh, with the tiniest, tiniest sprinkle of imagination, almost any superpowered person could be quite an efficient killer. Um, I just want to say that someone with the power to manipulate water could quite easily make it so that the person who is floating in front of them in water is suddenly floating through a, a liquid so thick they're unable to breathe or move <laughs> and they just die. You know, she tries to drain all his blood out at one point. I like that. Mm. You know, I just focus on a smaller target, right? You got to be clever. She should have um, just told everyone that she he beat her and then take her take him to court and lie about it. Look, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm not going to get on the side of two abusers who abused yeah. each other. I'm not going to be be in that argument. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are both guilty of different things. Yeah, and I'm not going to play the he said she said sort of thing. I'm not Stephen Wolf's guilty of things. <laughs> I'm going to say, like, of that, before we get the fucking Johnny Depp stands on us, because they are seriously a fucking mental bunch of people. No one's listening to this. Yeah, just in case they do. I'm not on either side. They're both abusers. Neither of them should be working in the entertainment industry. I don't care if you like Johnny Depp. I don't care if you like Amber Heard. They both abused each other. There's Amber Heard stands. Yeah, there's Johnny Depp stands. Yeah. There's stands yeah. for everyone. I'm sure there are Dan stands out there that are going to be trying Dan's. to... Yeah, you know, like, that's life. But yeah, like, it, all in all, I think that it's a lot of missed opportunity. There's some interesting things. I think this is, as you said, it's more cohesive. There's more going on. Of course, there'd need to be. It's four hours long. I genuinely don't understand anyone who thinks that this is what was originally going to be released if Zack Snyder could make his vision, because it isn't. Oh, there's no way they'd release a four-hour-long film. No, not, not just that. It's not like his original vision. He's changed this based on feedback from Josh Whedon's version. He's also changed it upon reflection of what he originally made. You know, it's not a director's cut so much as this is a very, a very rough cutting route. Well, this is a very rough first pass at a film that should have been the first pass two years ago, three years ago, whenever the Justice League came out. Like I said, it's better, but that doesn't necessarily... And like... I, I want to just make this clear, like, I think that anyone who campaigned for this shit and attacked women and gave anyone rape or death threats or any of that shit 
You don't deserve this. You should be banned from being allowed to watch this. I don't care how much work you think you put into this. I don't think I don't really care how much you think you contributed to any sort of good cause. You're a scumbag and a cunt, and you just you shouldn't be allowed to watch it. In fact, you shouldn't be allowed to watch anything. You should be in some way punished for the treatment of women you've 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 performed in aid of some silly, shitty superhero movie that you felt justified in your actions by by, you know, just the most petulant, childish and evil, just downright evil behaviours. Like, these people watch these things and they say, I love Captain America, I love Superman, I love Batman. You realise you'd be the person getting the shit kicked out of you by one of those heroes if they met you in real life after what you've done. You realise that, I don't know, that, Snyder's, right? Snyder's Batman, um, Superman's pretty fashy. <laughs> Not that fashy. No, he's still a dick. Women still get a choice in that Still world. uses Christian iconography for his own game. Oh yeah, but like, come on now, who doesn't? <laughs> Got pop a Jesus every so often. Oh come on now! You saying the bats aren't aren't Christian? Wonder Woman doing this film? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman gets an email. What does she do? Anything in the last fight? No, she gets beaten up. She explains a war that happened before she was born. I've seen people complaining that she would know about that. You don't think that war would be a massive news? One of the that would have been history. She would have learned. So I just want to clear this up. That fight is some of the Amazonians that are in that fight that you see are still alive. And yeah, for mascara, right? Yeah, but Wonder Woman's 5,000 years old. Her mum's going to be older. And that fight was 5,000 years ago. Yeah, so she would have been in that fight. Wonder Woman, she would have been not born or a baby. Oh, right. Ares yeah. and Zeus were in it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I reckon they did that and that's Zeus, you know, had some celebratory. Oh. Th- yeah. Oh. Um, That fight was actually all right, though. Yeah, stuff. I liked um, one, person, one person screenshotted that and went, "Oh look, they obviously Marvel obviously stole this this Thanos getting getting cut off an axe from Justice League." And I was like, "Look, mate, we're not going to be comparing apples to a pile of horseshit because let's face it, the Marvel movies are apples, and you're screaming to High Evans about a pile of horseshit that you just so happen to pretend tastes all right. It's not fucking on, is it?" Thanos is a much clearer vision. Like he has a much clearer vision as a villain, and at least he emotionally em- emotes. Like like he emotes during that film. Like he shows yeah, the emotion. Dark side just has to be badass. He's <sighs> big and he's badass, and he's such a tough guy. That's all you need in film, though. <sighs> like there's no there's no real push. Like why does he want the anti life equation? Oh, because he could have more parademons. Yeah, but why does he want more parademons? So I could take over the whole universe. So I was like, yeah, but what happens then? Or Oh, um, yeah, it's the universe. So like, yeah, but once you've taken over the whole universe and you're a warlord, what do you do? You you know, the only thing you live for is resistance. So really, in, in actuality, does he just want to fail? Does he just want to meet resistance? Like, no, he's badass. He's good. He's good. Beat everyone up. It's like he's conquered a hundred thousand worlds. Yeah, it comes to a point where the number doesn't mean anything. Doesn't does show, it? does it? <laughs> he's he's not very good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. 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 I'm going to give it a David Spade. It's fine. It's not problematic at this point in time. Um, The fans are. Fans are cunts. I hate them. I genuinely hate them. Like, I'm really pissed off about this. Mark Commode was like... Mark Commode said, like, he knows female journalists. And it's predominantly female journalists. So let's get that straight, right? Like, they're not attacking blokes. They're attacking women. And he said, like, he was, he was, he out and out said, you don't deserve this. This isn't yours. 
this will never be yours. Like, I hope one day there is some sort of retribution for what you've done to these people. And I, yeah, fully stand behind that. I can't do anything but repeat that. That's such a clear and concise message. That's that's the truth. Scumbags. Every fucking one of them. Cunts. Um, I just saw this that made me laugh again. No one can see that because we're just on the, that. It's just the really, thing. I can't. So. Uh, ben Affleck's Batman uses guns, while Christian ba- Christian Bale's Batman does not. This is because Ben Affleck is an American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you like that? The, although they took out the original nightmare sequence where Ben Affleck has a Joker card on his gun, they showed the origin of the card in the epilogue anyway. Mm. <laughs> For some reason. There wasn't a nightmare sequence in the Joss Whedon one. Yeah, there was. No, it wasn't. It was in Batman v Superman. Was it Batman vs Superman? Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, they showed the origin of that card in his gun in yeah. this one, where Joker goes, I'll give you a reach around if you remember this card. Yeah, Joker wants to... And there are people that don't like Wonder Woman 98. <laughs> they say that that's a bad movie. They don't like fun. <laughs> well, clearly. They want to be literally an hour and a half before the film gets done introducing characters. Flash is still getting his own movie. I I, I watched the ultimate cut of Watchmen and thought it was way too long and slow and really poorly paced and stuff. I watched Watchmen I would, in the cinema and I, I think it was overly long. Yeah, that was the two and a half hour version. But um, I would probably happily watch that ultimate cut of Watchmen again before I watch Justice League again. Yeah, I did... Um, I did what and I Watchmen always... mistakes all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I did what I usually do before we review like long stuff, like series and things like this. I do like a highlight, so I check out some of the scenes and stuff and see, mm. rewatch some of the bits. And I honestly like... There is so much that just looks, and it's not just from a visual effects standpoint. It's just it's from like shooting composition standpoint. It looks bad. Oh, there's and, a shot at the start where Lex is in the water in the um, ship, yeah. and he's not his body isn't interacting with any of the water. He's just pasted into the water. Huh. So there's no like interaction, no caustics going on. Yeah, with the physics and anything. Oh, that's good. So like not even like they could have just put an orb shape in the water and let the computer work out some physics as Lex stands there but it just looks like it's disappearing into him did you like that there was a scene where Lex tells tells um, Deathstroke who Batman is yeah and then in the next scene there's an epilogue where they've clearly made friends yeah and got cool haircuts yeah yeah Batman got a mohawk as well yeah, they got matching got tattoos yeah they're best friends now best buds yeah, yeah. it doesn't it, it doesn't for a good movie make and there are people saying restore the Snyder verse um I mean why <laughs> Why? Why does that need to happen? <laughs> what do you want? You've already seen three movies, worth. <laughs> like, like the epilogues alone. You assemble those. You got a good prequel to a to another another movie, maybe. I don't need more of this. No. Um, Shazam Two's gonna be shooting soon, isn't it? Yeah. I look forward to Shazam Two. I like Shazam. Yeah. Do you reckon they'll come and they'll be like, "Do you remember when the world was almost taken over by demons and they didn't ask us to come join them, even though we've got the powers of Superman?" Shazam's after Justice League. Is it? Yeah, it was like 2018, wasn't it? No, it can't be. Yeah, it was after Justice League. I thought it was before Batman vs Superman. Oh, it was before. I can't remember. No, because he has. Super- Superman turns up in it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's definitely not between. No, it's not between Batman vs Superman and Justice League. But I thought it was before Batman vs Superman. That can't be that long ago. Because Batman vs Superman was like the second film. Wonder Woman came out after Batman v Superman. Yeah. No, this is after. It was after Justice League. Yeah. I know it was after. I know that like, it was filmed after and it was released after. But yeah. I thought 
timeline wise. No, no, it's definitely after Justice yeah. League. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, bad, but okay, I guess. Yeah. Just bad people. It's not Zack Snyder's worst film. Sucker no. Punch still gets to. Oh yes, Sucker Punch is still the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. One of the worst films I've ever seen. I'm looking forward to his Army of the Dead film. Mostly because I just find... Two and a half hours. Or is it three hours long? Three hours long. Oh, but mostly because I find Batista very, very charming. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you... Have you seen the... Uh, have you seen the original screen... Um, not screen... Uh, screen tests for Drax and uh, Chris Pratt. No. For Batista and Chris Pratt. So mm. Batista... Batista, um, Chris Pratt's wearing his normal street clothes. Batista, because he wanted the part so badly, had spray painted himself green for the auditions. Nice. <laughs> so, in all the cuts, he's green. <laughs> he's, not, he's not wearing any sort of official costume. He's literally just spray painted green with body paint <laughs> doing his lines. Nice. Yeah, it's great. I thought it was really interesting. He's a really nice guy. From everything that I've seen and everything that I've heard, he's like a really nice dude. So, yeah. But anyway, that's been episode 156 of Crit Apocalypse. We actually recorded it on the right microphone this time, so that's good. Hopefully. Um, if you are one of those fans of the Snyder cut who went out and said a bunch of stuff to uh, to female journalists, yeah, I hope you fucking die soon. Preferably. Fucking scumbags. What's wrong with you? Did your mum not like you anymore? You upset? You, have you to can't tell people that you hope they die. Sorry. I hope that somehow through natural causes your life ends. Is that better? Is that no. better? Oh, sorry. I hope through unnatural or metaphysical courses your life ends. I better Just stop wanting people to die. I didn't say I wanted them to die. That's horrible. You said I hope. That's pretty... No, 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 no. You can hope Are for you something. Done now? You don't want it if you can hope I, for something. Can I stop so I can I hope for a million pounds. I mean, I, I want a million pounds as well, but that's a different question. Can, can I stop it now so I can watch yeah, wrestling? Yeah, uh, you can find me at Critical Apocalypse. You can find him at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. You can also find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube and also Super Sentai Yopa Ranger on, oh, fucking on, on YouTube and also Transformers. Yes, thing. Yeah, Transformers. Uh, he does an interesting channel where he compares the size of Transformers to his penis, flaccid mm-hmm. and hard. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's really riveting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and yeah, we'll be back again in two weeks, hopefully. Bye.